Gonna Go Pizza presents S D P P the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Man, man, how phenomenal, phenomenal was ice surfing last night? So wow, good. It was so legitimately good. good. It was good. Yeah, it was great. Don't act surprised. That's why I held it on pause and watched Corey Stillman this morning as they took a shower. Absolutely, you did, Jesse. <laughs> Absolutely. What was your favorite part of ice surfing last night? Oh my gosh, um, the one of the greatest people to ever come from Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Who's that? Matt Stajan. Matt Stajan. Was on ice surfing last night. He sure wow. was. And seeing that after I watched it this morning because I paused it last night and caught up today because that's what I do every Wednesday. Of course you do. Seeing that of course. on He's ice great. surfing was amazing. Matt Stajan's got one of the one of the names in hockey video game lore mm-hmm. that was mispronounced for an obscenely long time, well after it should have been. To Stajan. Who you know who else had one in like twenty eleven? Parise. Yes, they call it Parse. No, yes, yes. what? Yeah, yeah when it was, I think it was Jim Houston's voice. It was one hundred percent. Jim and, Houston did it for like ten years. And I used to always pick Zach Parise in like I always love to do the fantasy draft thing with thirty teams, and you just you know yeah. you roll like the best players or whatever. So I always my my young gun stars that I would pick would be Taylor Hall and Jordan Everly. but I would pick Parise because he was such a good player and like like unlimited potential and like you know whatever. And it was always to parse. Now, I'm trying to remember if I created him because he was a rookie or if this was an error in the game. But Ryan Whitney, for me, either by my own doing or the games, was Whitaker. Because he had no name, so I just picked the closest one I could find, which was Whitaker. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't know. Man. Man, he was a sick rookie. There needs to be some, like, there needs to be, like, a top... Ten list of the most like mispronounced names. Like these I'm are trying players, to look it up. Like legitimate stars, legitimate stars in the NHL, and the game can't get their name right. Because Stajan was like a like a pretty. Oh, he was a half a point a game player. Player yeah. on the Leafs. Yeah, he was a like, good player. You're not selling less copies but in Ontario. Parise was a on his way to being a big star. Like it was only a couple of years later that he signed that massive deal with um, uh, Minnesota. Yeah, people don't really. I. I I mean, I know, I know the player he is now and the contract and all that. But man, Parise back in the day when he was young, dude, about in, three, four, five years into his 08, career, 09, 94 goals or ninety four goals. 94 <laughs> I goals. believe it. Wow, ninety four points, and then the next year, eighty two points in eighty one games, and then the next year, sixty nine and eighty two. And nice. Yeah, like he was really, he was very, very good. But he kind of regressed. You could see the regression a little bit to sixty point guy versus a ninety point guy. From 2010 to like 2014. Injuries. Right? Yeah. You know what was Age. a really fun one? Alexander Seaman. Oh. For a long time, Jim Houston said Seaman. To Seaman. I wonder if it's <laughs> Jim Houston. Just get, Damn it, I'm going to call him Seaman. End of the mic. Here, wait. Here, here. Mic check. Seaman. What's Seaman? <laughs> Seaman. All right, we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, that the, isn't that the Simpsons quote? It's like, it's, it's Seaman. <laughs> <laughs> South Park. Oh, South Park. Yes. It's South Park. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Seaman. Uh, Seaman. I was at uh, uh, the Olympics, Canada versus Russia in 2010. 
And number 61, Maxim Afanaganov. <laughs> <laughs> On the yeah. loudspeaker for the whole... See, whole Toronto people know Maxim Afanaganov because he used to torch the Leafs every time he came through town with Buffalo. That was another guy. Man, John he was Scott... a Leaf killer. John Scott had a great tweet the other day. It's, name someone from 2000 to 2010 who kids these days don't realize how good they were. That's a great name. Mine was Miro Shatan. Mm. Miro Shatan, I mean, Miro just Chetan name any Sabre. Yeah. <laughs> name any well, Sabre. Briere was amazing when he was there, but he got the, Miro Shatan, I, I always felt, never got his his desserts. And I, and I, I feel never like. played for the Devils. He, he, did he never play for the Devils? His agent should have pushed to. That would have oh been my the gosh. most purchased jersey in the NHL. Absolutely, Satan Devils jersey. Right. Um, yeah. There. Yeah. See, there's a year, ninety-eight, ninety-nine. I guess that's not quite in the decade, but he had forty goals. And then in the dead puck era. In the dead puck era. And here's the thing. The heart of it. In, at the beginning, for the t- for the first seven years of this past of this decade that is closing, or the sorry, the previous decade, not this decade. Uh, 2033 goals. Uh, 0129, 0237, 0326, and 0429. That's pre lockout. That's a solid player. That's a Finneganov? No, that's Shatan. Oh, what? And then Shatan comes back uh, with the Islanders now after the lockout when, you know, they get rid of the two line pass and everything. 35 goals. And then 27, and then he started to kind of dip. But I mean, that's. Pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Shatan, another very underrated player. Um, Former Oiler. Also mispronounced name in NHL lore, Jose and Jose Teodor. Yeah, why was that? <laughs> I don't know. And what is it, by the way? Is it? I think it's Jose. Jose? Jose? I, I think it's Jose. I'm not totally sure. Yeah, but you see it and you're like, oh, Jose. But uh, no, he's French. What? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. And or then there was Theodore. It took Taylor. Toronto announcers about five years to just settle on Coverley. But Cabrera, it, was, yes. it was Caberla, and uh, and then there was uh, it was Caberla is what they said, but then it was Caberla for a while. Yes, um, yes. I think it was just Harry Neal mostly that struggled struggled with it. Um, Joe Bowen too. Yeah, he sort of went with you know what? All right, everyone, just letting the control room know it's Caberla today. He didn't ask the effing guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, like Bob I asked the effing guy, and he said his name is Caberla. But before anybody uh, uh, nods out because they don't know that story, just quickly tell the the Bob uh, Cole story. Yeah, sure. So uh, I was. Uh, at Ryerson radio and television arts program and there was a, I think an older student named John who worked at CBC I think he was an associate producer like I would be a few years later just doing highlights and stuff but an AP as they say in the biz an AP an associated press I was uh, an ass prod, which what? came up as on emails sometimes. Ass prod? Yeah associate producer I was yeah. an ass prod oh my god wow <laughs> yeah it's a shame it sure is a shame Anyway, uh, so you get to hear them uh, getting ready for the, for the show, and you would hear Bob Cole talking to Ron McLean, <laughs> and he told the story where because I I had heard from people it was like Kuleman or Kuleman, something like that, and Kuleman. for Nikolai Kuleman, uh, and we just all no one knew how to say it, and I don't know who the first play by play person to say it was, but it it just became Kuleman. Because we just decided that. Mm-hmm. Um, suppo- as the story goes, supposedly a producer had been like, you know, Bob, that's not how you say it. And my friend overheard him going, I asked the fucking guy and he said his name was Kalemin. <laughs> <laughs> just uh... amazing. And then 
But then what's amazing is a few years later, I was an ass prod, and I overheard a similar conversation between Bob Cole and Ron McLean. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, MacArthur. Uh, yes, yes, that's right, Bob. Okay, good, because I asked him. Okay. Uh, Grabowski? Uh, yes, that's right, Bob. Okay, good, because I asked him. <laughs> and he went through the entire roster. Oh, oh okay, because I asked him. Uh, I don't know. Well, I believe one last night. Man. <laughs> Where are we? What weird one getting of, into a show? One like of it. the, uh, one of the, I guess more more fun things is when you're watching totally legal streams on not Reddit. Yep. Um, ice surfing. Sometimes, sometimes you'll get the in-house feed when they go to commercial. The ones that are usually reserved for the broadcast team. Like if you're at Sportsnet, you usually see that. But sometimes these streamers get those feeds as well to stream to everybody. Which is dangerous. Which shit. is very dangerous. And you yeah. hear those conversations amongst the broadcasters. Because I asked the fucking guy. And usually <laughs> they're aware that the, those mics are hot and they keep the conversations very, very PC. But yes, yeah. <laughs> but was... I'm always afraid that one of them's gonna slip up. That's a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh well, Ray Ferraro's. I I think we would agree one of the best in the business, and he's uh, who is it? Um. Oh, Paul was... Martin is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Martin. <laughs> Paul, is oh, and the other one, the even worse one, Dion Phaneuf. His voice is so high, though. Somebody yeah. fucking go. <laughs> 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 Which is great. Yeah. You gotta look those up on YouTube. But the the, the Paul Martin is terrible one is so Paul funny. Paul Martin is terrible because it's a, just a shot of Paul Martin, right? And it's like five mm -hmm. seconds of silence leading up to it. Nothing. And you're just watching, going, "Am I supposed to be watching this?" And then Ray's voice comes out of nowhere. Paul Martin is terrible. <laughs> It's so good. Yeah. Uh, you either favorites. get those uh, those in-house feeds or you get the Jumbotron feed during commercials. Oh. Yeah, where they're just I showing the Jumbotron. I'm shocked the in-house yeah. feed would be leaked out. I'm shocked. I don't know how they do how it, do they, but how does that every, happen? every now and again you get those. By yeah. being criminals. I would, like, be, I yeah. would be... Like, it's illegal, so... Like, I, I don't know. I, I swear a lot, so it would be really bad. <laughs> That'd be really, really <laughs> right. bad. You, you just... Shut your microphone off. Would not. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. you just don't while mm -hmm. you're there. Yeah, like yeah. I, I mean, we swear off the air at Virgin uh, oh, because yeah. we, we're making jokes and stuff behind the scenes and, and whatever. Um, but you know, there's nobody recording those microphones, right? Because mm -hmm. they're off. Mm -hmm. But you shut your microphone off. That's in radio. That's something you do in television. You have to get used to the fact that the control room can always hear you. Yeah, those it, mics are always feeding through. It always blew my mind when I was on a live TV set and one of the TV anchors would be bitching about the um, the control room, which happened all the time. Which is... at a previous job. And it's such a terrible idea, A, because it's so demeaning, and B, because they can make you look so bad oh, like yeah. that. Like any, like they can they can destroy you. Don't turn from the, the mic truck. off when they go to the bathroom. Oh, that's, that's a common one. Yeah, I did one that. One that I am extraordinarily paranoid of, mm -hmm. yeah. so I always I just turn it off. Yeah. Here's some inside baseball. One of the uh one of the cooler things is uh on Tim and Sid, when the camera's not on Tim or Sid, they have a little button where they can talk exclusively to the control room. That terrified me because I didn't know that uh, when I was this. hosting Tim yes. and Sid. <laughs> so he's like, just, what? He's just talking and I'm like, what the yeah. what are you So doing? if camera's on Steve and Steve's going on a rant. Uh, Sid could be sitting there and just press his button and just have a full conversation with the control room and be like, hey, when Steve, when Steve's done his rant, I want this viz to come up and all that stuff. And you're yeah. sitting there being like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, it, TV? it melts my brain. I yeah. can't, if if I'm talking, I don't know how you do the show with me because when someone <laughs> ah, else easy. is talking, I can't do it. You're easy. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, they are, I, 
you know, and people, I see their Twitter and stuff all the time. They are so phenomenal, those oh, two. Yeah. That, and that team is so phenomenal. Like, the staff around that, to put a show like that together, uh-huh. I don't think people understand, and that's okay, it's not your job to understand, but from a broadcasting perspective, and I know this is totally inside baseball and stuff, I watch Tim and Sid every day just to pick shit up. Mm-hmm. Just to just to go like it, you know, I don't have to agree with anybody's opinion, um, but they're both great broadcasters just in general, and the, the 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 technical stuff that they can do throughout a show is so incredible that unless you know what to look for, like what you just said there, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even have known that. Yeah, yeah. You don't like no one considers that in the middle of a rant, you got to think about what's next. Oh yeah. Oh, I I still got a ten minute segment to fill. Yeah. And the rant fill, filled the first two. There was what a trade. There was a trade, like, no, there was a trade mid-show. Actually, the one show. Oh, that, that would on. be fun. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, what do we? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a great one. There's oh. so many occasions where it's those. Uh, just to put in perspective, those guys get in at 11 every morning for a 90-minute show that doesn't start till 5 p.m. They're yeah. in every day at 11, and they're pre-planning the show, and um, just like. If I forget where I was going, but yeah, if there's a trade, <laughs> if there's a trade, this is what I was going. If there's a trade that happens, that whole show is thrown out. Yeah, goodbye. And then they're mm-hmm. able. It's so incredible because you were able to just create a whole new show on the fly, and they have their they have everything ready to go just in the back, just in case. And every day they got to know, okay, maybe this entire thing that we took four hours, five hours ahead of time to make is just gonna be thrown out the window. And, and- they're professionals every time. And maybe maybe I'm off base with this, but I think often, especially Sid, people will be, oh, he's so demeaning towards fans who, like, oh, just because he disagrees with them. I feel like it often comes from, like, some producer will be like, you know what I think? And Sid will just be like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one guy <laughs> literally, you know what I think? No, that's stupid. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to rant about that. Exactly. No, that's <laughs> exactly. But yeah, that's how you yeah. do it. That's how you create, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? We got to get into who wore the crown, yeah, but sorry. I can talk about oh, this right. shit forever. I love those guys. Sid Sixero. Uh, all right, let's do who <laughs> wore the crown. crown. If you live generously, life will treat you royally. Right? Yeah. So why not put yourself what? and a friend a crown royal? Why not? Because we're going to talk about who wore the crown, Steve. Where we, with the help of you. And your hashtags, our town, our crown, tell us who gave it their all for the blue and white last night. There was a lot of candidates. You know, it was so nice. After Mike Babcock was fired, we were a- actually able to do this segment and enjoy it. Because before, it was like, let's pull a rabbit out of a hat with this one. Thank God Willie had a good start this year. Because honestly, I don't even know what Jesse would have done. By the time we get to Jesse, who's always the third man in on this, yeah. it, there were certain nights with the Leafs, it would have been hard to pick out three good ones. Freddie yeah. and... Like... Who I else? know we, we've given Spets of the Crown at least twice. And deservedly so. And yeah, and he's been good. He's, so. had some bad like, mo- he's had some bad days. But though. like he should never win it. No, he should never win it. <laughs> That's that. very funny. Jason Spets should not win the crown. <laughs> You're right. It should be Mitch Marner, John Tavares, <laughs> William Nylander, Morgan Riley, maybe Tyson Berry, and Freddie every day. Yeah. And Austin Matthews. Well, like once every month and a half, I should be like, you know what? I'm going off the board with this. I'm, I'm going to get crazy and say, Kasperi Kapanen. Like, yeah. whoa. Well, I know. Yeah, right? we gave it to a guy who scored 20 goals last year. Right? But whoa. Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, you want to go first? Should I Let's go get first? into Jesse, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, again, live generously. Life will treat you royally. Let's go. It's brought to you by your friends at Crown Royal, Steve Dangle. All the Leaf fans in Vancouver, damn it. That's who I'm giving the crown to. Man, they were loud last night. They were incredibly loud, and I know who the Leafs' best player was, and I think Adam will handle that. But uh, no, they were incredibly loud. Uh, I love the dueling cheering. Uh, the go know, Leafs go, go Leafs, Leafs go. suck. It yeah yeah, and, and with what's sort of I funny guess it, is that is it's it still go about... Canucks go? Is it? No, well, because it 
there's not a good rival one. Well, I just love the fact that it even the rival the the fight back chant is about the Leafs. Leafs up. not about the Canucks, mm-hmm. which is just just That's Canada not... in a nutshell, though. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, hey it's Toronto, great. fuck you! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> go us, go us! <laughs> fuck you, fuck. not go us, right? Yeah. It's very funny. No, it's it's really good, and they showed up, and I, and I think we need to get rid of the stereotype that um, Leaf fans are quiet. Leaf fans are loud and obnoxious. The building that they play in is, is quiet, quiet. Yeah. and I said this in the LFR today. That's up to the Leafs to figure out. The fans obviously care. They bankroll the friggin' team and league. Um, I don't think uh, it's the fans who aren't holding up their end of the bargain. I don't think the Leafs need to figure that out. No? I think I think what the fans, I think what you see when you got twenty thousand people outside of the arena, just to be near the arena when they're playing in the playoffs, is all the 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 Leafs organization needs. They don't need the building to be louder. They need corporations to spend obnoxious amounts of money so the Leafs can take that obnoxious amount of money and put it into scouting and coaching and videos and, and all the things. And all Nathan the, Horton. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's a long time ago, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you could have said Nikita Zaitsev. No, it's, that is currently. Well, still. Yeah, I mean, they have $115 million in payroll that they're paying this year, mm-hmm. right? In actual yeah. dollars. One of underrated coming up this offseason, $10 million comes off LTI for the Leafs this offseason. Yeah, it's going to be big. Well, and... and I, I don't think people realize how much they're going to have a lot of holes going mm-hmm. into the offseason. But there's going to have there's going to be a lot of flexibility as mm-hmm. well and a lot of young guys ready to make the jump. Look around the league. I mean, Everybody's that's a lot holes. of teams. There was one team, I can't remember who it was. Maybe you can pull up Cafferin Lee. There's a team with uh I think it was $815 of cap space right now. Right now? <laughs> yes. Oh, 815,000? No, $815. That would be the Dallas Stars, yeah. <laughs> but there are also four teams with zero. Yes, who are in LTIR like that? Yes. The 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 league uh, not going up to what they said. What was it? Eighty mm-hmm. three was supposed to be. And it's yeah, just I assume we'll get to that later. Yeah, we got comments. we got stuff from that on uh, yeah. from Elliot Freeman's yeah. day. Yeah, it screwed a lot of teams up. It screwed a lot. Well, of teams it screws up. it screws the league. Yeah, and I hate to go on this on this rant again. But the more boring you make things like trade deadlines and free agency, the worse it is for the yeah. league. And we're seeing the complete opposite in the other major sports, where the NFL is planning to raise their salary cap to over two hundred million this coming uh, this coming year. Now it's fifty three yeah. players. Yes, but still fifty five. But yeah, yeah. Um, and then the NBA just keeps climbing. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. There's like revenues are different in those leagues. There's mm-hmm. bench players you've <laughs> never heard of on the Atlanta Hawks who make more than Sidney Crosby. Probably. Yeah, 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 oh yeah. Well, um, football less so. Football less so, but but basketball for sure. Yes, because there are less players, right? They're sharing in a bigger chunk of it. Um, so yeah, all the Leaf fans in Vancouver. <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, Freddie Anderson, obviously. Wow, uh, off the board. He had 40 different breakaway stops, including the Brock Besser one, which was unbelievable. The Brock Besser two. The Brock, yeah, yeah. two. Uh, the one I'm thinking of is the glove safe, but yeah, um, yeah that was that was nice. Uh, but Freddie Anderson is the MVP of this team, has been for three years. Um, somebody actually messaged me today, and I, I don't know if you guys remember this. Our live show with um, uh, our live show at the end of August this year. Somebody asked about goaltending the Leafs and that sort of thing because in Toronto we have this anxiety complex where everybody's going to leave at the end of their contract. And they said, "Would you re-sign Freddie for five years?" And I said, "No, I absolutely no, I would not." And somebody messaged me today and said, would you change that stance? And I say, no, I still would not. Freddie Anderson is great right now, but Freddie Anderson five years from now, who knows? Uh-uh. Who knows? So it depends on what the cap hit. If Freddie Anderson comes back and goes, I want to sign for five years at $5 million, I'll be like, sure. 
because that's very easy, especially where the cap is going. You know, the today's $3 million contract is going to be three years from now's $5 million contract, right? Well, and percentage wise, you look at some of the best goalies in the league. Like, it's so, it seems really difficult for goalies to string together two or three straight consecutive, uh, 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 like, uh, 915 plus performances. Yeah. Like, Darcy Kemper sucked a few years ago. And is good. Tristan Jari is basically the Penguins starter now. Yeah. Uh, you don't remember when that was supposed to be anti-Ranta and mm-hmm. all that? All of a sudden, the Rangers have like 19 guys. And Henrik Lundqvist will not quit. And he just absolutely, because why should he? Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah, I know the Caps are doing awesome. Have you looked at Braden Holtby's numbers? Not great, Bob. No. No, and speaking of not great, Bob, the Panthers are doing great. But Broski sucks! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's mind It's a bizarre position. And for me... I think what you try to do is you try to find somebody in, in between that time. Now, if you don't find somebody, if you don't get a Gor- I I believe that they really need to go out and get a guy like Georgiev. That's the guy I really think they ought to target. Mm-hmm. I'm leaning towards him now. Uh, because I think that he's got future, and I think it means you're going to have to give up some future to get him. Uh, but I think he'd be a, a worthwhile candidate to take over for Freddie. But if, if you don't go get that goaltending position sorted out now, because you want Freddie at his peak, at his prime for these for this next 18-month span. Mm-hmm. That, and as your GM, that you really can't look much beyond the next six months anyway, right? Because it's like, unless you are building for a future that's three years down the road, the Leafs are not. The Leafs are trying right. to win a cup. Well, it's uh, what I said about the Canucks. Like, yeah, okay, some of their free agent signings lacked a little bit of foresight, but, like, the team's good now. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, they're a good team. Uh, so anyway, uh, have I have I changed my stance? Absolutely not. Is Freddie Anderson my favorite favorite Leaf player? Absolutely. I have a backup Absolutely. goalie. Is idea. he your favorite Leaf? player? Yeah, he's my favorite Leaf. I I oh. I uh, over over JT. I love consistent. Tavares. I love Tavares. I've loved Nylander since he put on skates for the first time and was wearing number thirty nine. I really of the three of Matthews, Nylander, and Marner yeah. in their in their first years, Nylander was my favorite player. That's awesome. But Freddie Anderson, without question to me, has been the most consistent and best Toronto Maple Leaf in, of this past, of this entire decade. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any, que- I don't think you can come, come close to it. And I know that, you know, everybody's like, well, Matthew scores at a, a historic rate, right, whatever. Don't tell me that anybody else has had a bigger effect on this franchise than Freddie Anderson. Not Mike Babcock, not Lou Lamorello, not even Brendan Shanahan. They went out and they got him. Yeah. But Freddie Anderson is the reason they got as far as they did, even against Boston. Phil Kessel trade was pretty good for both parties. Yeah, Penguins won out. two cups. Worked out great. Leafs got Kapanen and one of the picks, the main pick used to get Freddie. That's okay. It's a good deal. Starting goalie? Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. It's Not all right. bad. Uh, Jesse. I would like us to rate William Nylander's pregame outfit. Oh, dear. Oh, oh. Have you seen this, Adam? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, from, pink, uh, uh, the pink hat? From James Myrtle's Twitter? Yeah. Go. Okay, go. <clears throat> what do you guys think? It looks like a certain novelty item you could get from a shop of adult kinds. What? You think it looks like a condom? Yes, Adam. I think it looks like a really <laughs> a pink extra condom. tiny little condom. Um, I don't think the color scheme, and I'm I'm sensitive to this because my wife's a stylist, mm. and I'm not exactly always the best guy to look for at style. Obviously, look at me right now, I'm wearing a sweater and. Lululemon track pants, You're but hot. but uh, <laughs> I'm hot because I'm wearing a sweater, man. It's too much. Hey, you see, uh, but I think mm-hmm. that that was the wrong color combination. That pink doesn't go with that gray. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This supports my uh, theory that he does this on purpose. Look at him. He's dressing to be upsetting to people. 
Oh, I think he's doing you it. You think he does it on purpose? Yeah. Oh, he looks in the mirror and goes, ha, Facebook's going to lose it. <laughs> and, he just, and they did. Look at him. But, man, the Leafs, Jesse, I don't want to step on any of your points, but mm-hmm. the Leafs don't win that game without William Nylander. Why is that? They, I thought they started poorly, at least the first few minutes. Mm-hmm. And the guy that got them going got a couple decent little scoring chances there on Jakob Markstrom, and yeah. he helped turn the game into a track meet. William Nylander. One billion William. Well, I think he deserves the crown for getting Facebook going. Oh, absolutely. I think he des- William Nylander deserves the crown for wearing this outfit and making everyone over the age of 50 upset. Do you know how many gyms like just have punching bags, like heavy bags, <laughs> in, in Lethbridge and like Fort Mac with his face on it? <laughs> oh, for sure. Spruce Grove. <laughs> well, he's, he's an Alberta boy. That is true. How you can know? you hate your own? How yeah. can you hate your own If people? only we had the rights to play Paul Brandt's Alberta Brown every time William Nylander scored. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should do. <laughs> oh, my God. That's it. Oh, my God. The Leafs need to ditch their goal song and go custom. Uh, yeah. Oh, they, they yeah. They need to have a song. Yeah. For custom goal songs. Does any NHL, uh, NHL team do that? I think the Capitals used oh, that's to. That's awesome. The Canucks used to. It's as a brilliant well. idea. I don't know why people don't do yeah, that. I don't know yeah, if that'd be still... sweet. It was the Canucks for sure. I can't remember who. Yeah. Else. Well, and it's funny because they're playing in Calgary uh, for their next game. So you could say that William Nylander says, "I'm Alberta bound. This piece of heaven that I found, Rocky Mountains <laughs> and black fertile ground, everything I need beneath the big blue sky." That doesn't go. <laughs> doesn't matter where I go. This place will always be my home. I have been Alberta bound for all my life, and I'll be Alberta bound until I die. Quote William Nylander, or sorry, Paul Brandt slash William Nylander. Michael Scott. Michael Scott. <laughs> oh my God. Well, my crown goes William Nylander. It'll be a motivational crown so he can have some finish. Uh, he's Swedish, but he'll have some finish versus Calgary. Woo! Uh, on, uh, when's it? Tomorrow? Yes. His Tomorrow. hometown. And for that pregame outfit, he deserves that crown. Right. Also, Adam, you were right about the 53-man roster, not 55. Is it? NFL team, yeah. Wow, that was dumb. And before luck, anybody corrects me. Yeah. My numbers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Adam 53. and numbers, they go together real well. <laughs> um, so one time I got it right. That's great. So yeah. that is who wore the crown for this uh, this show. That is brought to you by, as always, Crown Royal. Next time the puck drops, why not? Why not? Live generously and treat your Leafs crew to a Crown Royal old-fashioned. So the Leafs last night, 4-1 against Vancouver. Now, obviously, that number could have been a lot closer, especially in the third period, mm-hmm. if were it not for Fred. Washington Anderson, but um, I I find uh, I found it interesting that uh, Coach Keefe, Chief Keefe, Chief Keefe, yes, after the game said it was the most frenetic and fast hockey he has seen in the NHL. Oh, it was way too late at night for my heart to be working that hard. That's crazy. Yeah, he, no. he meant specifically the first period where it was zero zero all the way through. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of hockey you want, right? Is that not what the NHL is going for? What Vancouver and Toronto are doing? Oh, just bun defense. Just ballistic. And just, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it was weird to me that the Leafs weren't looking over their shoulders and adjusting for what they do all the time, which is that crazy stretch pass for a breakaway. Yeah. It's the Kapanen. They do it to Kapanen at least once or twice a game, and somehow they fell for it three times in the third with the lead. That was a wild one. It was man. a fun game, too, because. There was only four goals with goalies and nets. Right. You know, but it was such a high-paced game. It wasn't like it ended up 7-5 or anything. It wasn't high-scoring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all the Leafs' chances were, or all the Leafs' goals were 
good. Mm-hmm. Like, really good. Like, not the fanciest, but really difficult to stop. Tavares makes $11 million and was standing alone. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> Matthews, when you're uh, trying to go after a rebound, yeah, that's pretty hard, too. A Tavares deflection? Yeah, really hard. What's Markstrom supposed to do on any of those? You know? Well, he didn't that, have a chance. Especially that blind pass to Matthews from Tavares, and yeah. that right oh. after. I love that Keith does that, and and Babs does that too. He did that before, uh, but I did love the fact that the the Mitch Marner, John Tavares, Austin Matthews line right after a penalty kill. Mm-mm-mm. Whoa, whoa! It's pretty good, huh? Oh, that yeah. and that's kind of that kind of. I, I know that you usually stick to your lines or whatever, but isn't it fun sometimes if you're a star to play with the other big superstar? Uh, yeah, because like, sometimes you score. Like, that's $33 million on the ice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it looked like Those three. It and, did. Well, they executed, didn't they? I feel like didn't. I feel like Babcock forgot that at times, though, that also you can send the guys out and have fun. You know? Well, he did it for a bit with Kadri and Matthews and Neely. He would do it post yeah. when they'd kill a power play. But it was always like two-thirds of a line but it's and like, somebody. It's not like, hey, go out and have fun. It's like, hey, I'm rewarding you because you did you did your defensive yeah. job. No, you don't know? the fucking puck it. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, yeah. Right. No, so it's cool to see Keith do it, too. There's been a few times where it's like, oh, Keith's doing this on purpose. Like right. The, the Marner-Matthews-Neelander thing. Like, right. Just That's because. just mid-game. Yeah. yeah. Like, just out of nowhere. I... I love it. I love it. Um, James Myrtle in his article had Boo. had yeah. Who is that anyway? <laughs> Boo him. Tall piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. <laughs> say that to his tall oh, face. Oh gosh. No. <laughs> I, listen, James. <laughs> as I feed him leaves from a branch. <laughs> I'm going to the Toronto Zoo tomorrow. Uh, is that why you said that? Yeah, I'm really excited. What are you doing at the zoo tomorrow? There's, uh, I don't know, there's like some light show. I'm literally just going to like see my like friends. Oh, I, I thought you were shooting with. a video or something. No, no. I mean, I might. We still need no, to No, you're not shooting a video at all? I don't know. Well, it's going to be at night. You need to do like a dangus at the zoo. When? when <laughs> That's a the... great idea. Yeah. With the animals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, elephant? Oh, wait, there's no more elephants. Yeah. Damn. What no. do you think, giraffe? Monkey throwing its poo gets like <laughs> number three on the dangus. <laughs> One of my favorite things to see at the zoo. It's a type of monkey, and it's called a macaque. Mm-hmm. And they're wonderful. They're Dude. always poking its shit with sticks. Yeah. They're, what, do they always just bother each other? Steal your stuff. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. That's awesome. Great. I love that. We should what? just have a, one episode where I just talk about animals and be wrong. When is the zoo tour with Steve Dangle coming? I know. We still got it. You know what? It's I'll, been like I'll, three years. I'll st- so my boss, when I worked there, he is has been promoted mm. and is like even higher up. So like I'll just talk to him tomorrow and be like, let's yeah. actually make this happen. Steve Dangle podcast. We may not have connections with MLSE. But, but we do with the Toronto <laughs> Zoo. And that's what's important. Girl, you want to feed a, cr- a carrot to a hippo? <laughs> I can make that happen. I, I absolutely do not. Uh, no. I've done it. Nope. Real scary. No. Do, aren't you. hippos like the biggest killers of man besides man? Yes. Uh, yes. Or at least in Africa. Yeah. They kill more people than crocodiles. <laughs> Yeah. Apparently, yeah. crocodiles don't really want to kill humans most of the time. No, no they're just sort of like, get yeah. away. Yeah, please stay away. Because yeah. too, we're too big mm. and bony and weird. Um, <laughs> sharks, too. Sharks sharks oftentimes, apparently, they'll bite you, but then they'll let go immediately because you're too bony. They're used to fish that they go right through, right? So a lot of people get shark bites, but they don't How get do you shark. Know that? I 
spent a lot of time in Barbados growing up. And we know. have guns. Yeah. You know? And we, guns. Got, we got guns. Yeah, I'm sure they know people. that. And they're like, the sharks oh, know. we're aware of those guns. <laughs> shark guns. <laughs> they have shark gun clubs. I would buy that video. Right to bear arms under the ocean. <laughs> right to bear gills. I don't know. Um, where did this? Where did well, it started with James, and oh, then yeah, you and said then you said... were gonna feed him le- leaves from a tree. No, first I booed him. Booed him. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were saying boo worms. Who yeah. likes Kamloops? <laughs> no one. <laughs> Shut up, James. <laughs> Actually, Kamloops, home of Jerome Ginla, who did not have retirement forced on him. Who did? No, nope. I think he did it. He also had the Hall of Fame forced on has him. Has he retired but... yet? What does that even mean? <laughs> You're going in. <laughs> Has we he, will honor you. Has he even officially retired yet from the sport? Yeah. Yes, or is he, he still has. waiting for a contract? He did last okay. year. Still <laughs> waiting <laughs> for a contract. You know that? Right? <laughs> Hanging on Crowfoot Trail in Calgary going, hey, uh, anybody going to call this? Oh, no, I'm sure somebody will call today, Jerome. <laughs> oh, I used to live in Calgary. We get it. We get it. Crowfoot Trail. Kamloops, Crowfoot Trail, both on the shit list. <laughs> No, the reason what I does James it, want. I brought it. <laughs> James James had a uh, a really good chart in uh, in his article. I know. Stupid. Was it a dumb decision? No, it was not Dom. <laughs> no, this is a chart I could understand. Okay. No, I'd have to I'd have to message Dom privately and be like, Dom, listen, I don't understand what you mean. The That's what? why I love uh, Sean uh, Sean Tierney at charting hockey because he's like. This means fun. This means good. This means bad. This means, you know, it's like, right. oh, okay. I definitely feel like a toddler, and I'm like, I get this. That's <laughs> See, good. He understands. Now, um, he might no. as well be like, this This quadrant is a stormy cloud. Yeah. <laughs> this one is a rainbow. <laughs> this one. Like, it's like the weather, the weather network, emo- yeah. like emoticons that uh, are yeah, like, yeah. rainy and snowy. I, I, I get snow. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see that. I, um, what does that mean? What does James want? What's we, a stupid chart? Are we the dumbest guys in the sport? Yes, uh, probably. Uh, uh, now, uh, you're, <laughs> you know what's fucked up? We're probably top half. James, <laughs> James had James had um, uh, a chart on the differentials between uh, players under Babcock and Keith this season, five on five minutes. Mm. And this is fascinating. Who do you think has had the most gain, and who do you think has had the most loss of ice time since Sheldon Keefe took over. Jesse and Steve, I'm asking you both. Do I have to give you two ninety nine a month to read this chart? You do. Damn it. Sorry. No. But who do you think? This is why I subscribe to The Athletic, because there's shit like this. It's great. That's a tough one. Biggest gain. Five on five. I'm not talking big, any special teams. Oh. So ask you one more time. Who yeah. has gained the most in five on five minutes, and who has lost the most in five five on five minutes? Biggest gain, I'm going to say Justin Hall. Really? Oh. Okay. Who do you have? I'm going to go with Austin Matthews. Interesting. That's an extremely good pick and one that I'm feeling ashamed I didn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, and biggest loss? Biggest loss in ice time. Five my, on five. My biggest loss, five on five? Cody Cece. No, I think, I think he's a candidate for biggest gainer. All right. Well, um, the, I, that's my guess. You can have uh, your own guest, Steve. Yeah, Kerfoot. Why, why, why are you hating on Jesse's guest? Because <laughs> it's stupid. Okay, 
What was it? Kamloops, Crawford Trail, Jesse, Shinless. Damn it! I gotta say Alex Kerfoot. We need to start doing those lists that Stephen A. Smith do, like does at the end oh, of every yeah. episode and just have like a random topic and then he ranks Shit himself list. as the most annoying person in sports. Stephen A. Crawford <laughs> Trail, Kamloops, Jesse. Um, Crab Rangoon. Things uh, of that nature. Um, no, the person who has gained the most five on five in minutes is the person you would say probably should have. His name is Mitchell Marner. Oh, gained. Gained the most in five on five minutes. And here's the differential. You ready? That's shocking. Almost five more minutes. What? Of five on five time under Babcock. Now, Mitch Marner was injured. Oh, here's the chart. Jesse's. Mitch what? Marner was playing 12.7 minutes under Babcock, 17 five on five. And the person who has lost the most, Freddie Goche, went from nine minutes five on five to seven and a half. Well, and also being scratched. Also, Justin Hall is second, damn it. That was close. Yeah, you were close. <laughs> and and you know what, Jesse, you weren't wrong. Too close. Uh, sorry, Austin Matthews has also gained almost two minutes of ice time, five on five every game. Uh, interestingly, uh, Cody Cece is trending down. And somebody actually sent me a chart. Uh, Cody Cece, the average there only says 0.6 of a, of a minute, um, which I have no idea in, in how many seconds that includes. But uh, one of our friends named at Data underscore hockey. Uh, sent me a Leafs player time on ice chart in the last eight months. And since Keith was hired, and there's like a big line through the graph, since Keith was hired, Cody Cece's um, ice time has dropped pretty, pretty, like he, it went up, it Wh- spiked up for a little bit, and it's falling further and further. Which and is further. unreal, yeah, he had that 126-minute game. That's right, and I think wow. that he was testing, and I think we know now why. Let's see what we have. Let's see what we have. Yeah. I gotta see what we have with this guy. Can we? I think we're getting to the point where we need to start admitting that the pump and dump didn't work. I think it didn't work. That there was no pumping because he wasn't good enough. Yeah. No, I think it was Babcock's. Like this is my guy. Really? That was his guy. In the first few games under Keith, you can't just completely reinvent the wheel in one day. So he was like, "All right, we're winning. We got to shut her down. Who's our shutdown guy? Right. Mm-hmm. Shit. I guess it's him." And they threw him out, and he. Made the game-saving save against Colorado. What what I found <clears throat> interesting about that, the guy I was thinking about saying uh, had the biggest loss, just because I hear his name so much less often, Jake Muzzin. And he's he's second, uh, he's the worst one, actually, on this list, I would say. Frederick Goche's last, but he's been scratched. So Jake Muzzin's actually last out of everyone who skated last night. Timoshov's third last. So, yeah, it's Jake Muzzin by, like, a wide margin. Now, I think Jake Muzzin... Is, is that way because Jake Muzzin should probably not have been playing as much as he was playing. Hmm. Right. When you it's, have Barry and Riley, yeah. it doesn't make sense to have a guy like Muzzin who, and Muzzin and Hall, and I think Ian Tullock said this, neither, they're a great pair, but neither are particularly good skaters. They're great decision makers. And, um, <laughs> Except for a couple times. A couple times. Sure, night, okay, but fair, yeah. but yeah, most yeah. of the time right. they're making smart decisions under pressure. You don't, if you're a Stanley Cup winning team, and maybe the LA Kings fans can give, can get a little bit more on this. Muzzin was Drew Doughty's defense partner. He was the dependability when Drew Doughty wanted to go crazy and do Drew Doughty things. And that's fine. But Jake Muzzin should not be leading your defense in ice time on a Stanley Cup winner. Or leading the rush, right. really. Because if he, gets caught, ru- if he gets caught, there's no shot of him getting back. Right. And that doesn't make him a bad player. Yeah. He's a he's a, been an excellent addition. I wouldn't say he's slow, but he's not the most fleet of foot. No, right? Exactly. And Justin Hall, that's him in a nutshell. He loves to take it for a walk. 
he ends up in the offensive corners so many times, uh, or at least he did in the minors. And look at his performance last night. He look has, at how he's done. He has been fantastic. Since Imagine he, scratching him in all but eleven games and playing what they played. Right. It's it's mind blowing. The the surprising thing about Mitch Marner being on top of the list is that he plays the power play and the penalty kill. So his minutes are just being ramped up twofold. What was yeah, and it was the fact that I think he's playing less penalty kill time okay. now. I think I I want to say they're taking or there's just fewer special teams. Maybe yeah. I I think also it's just they they relied on him so much on the special teams that. Babcock would pull back his five on five. And it doesn't make sense because he wanted to keep everybody at 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was bound to determine he was going to keep all the stars at 18 to 19 minutes. Yeah. And what we're seeing now is Sheldon Keefe leaning on these guys for 20, 22 minutes a game, which is exactly where they should be. These are $11 million hockey players. They mm-hmm. should be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. I understand if you're looking at um, Nick Kiprios made a, a, an interesting point a couple years ago with Jake Gardner when Jake Gardner was going through one of his tougher spells in Toronto. And he said, I think they need to add more to the blue line because Jake Gardner shouldn't be playing 22 minutes a night. Jake Gardner should be an 18-minute-a-night player. That's where he's at his best. And it's not because he's not a good player. Right. It's because at 22 minutes, he starts to get exposed. Man. And they said that about, like, Fanoff, and they said about a bunch of other guys. Um, I think when you've got talent like these guys have, your whole the whole idea is numbers-wise, you want to expose them to the offensive side of the ice as much as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the Leafs held back on that for so long, you just think about all the missed opportunities, and it's sort of painful, mm-hmm. right? Like, I get it when they're rookies. Oh, yeah. But they weren't developed then. Yeah. We're talking about these guys are in their fourth years of their career. How about uh, Game 7 <laughs> in April? Yeah, boy. How about that? Yeah. The So I'm looking at that. So 1.5 minutes is 90 seconds because math. Um, I would say anything that's plus or minus 1.5, you can probably take with a grain of salt. It might just be an accident. Mitch Marner is playing four more minutes a five game? On, five on five. Five on? That's crazy. Yeah, that's but shouldn't very you, significant. If you got a guy yeah. who's 22 years old, yeah. and he comes off the ice with Tavares and Hyman. And is, did you know this, uh, Ancestry.ca, they did a thing on Marner? Did they? Yeah, he's half puppy. Like he's, wow. he's just and the other half Mountain Dew. Yes, Red and Bull. Red Bull. Sorry, yeah. Red Bull. Red Bull yeah. is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we were very critical of his father Mountain Dew in the summer, mm-hmm. um, but you know he's, he's a good guy and very sweet. <laughs> he's Mountain Dew Red. <laughs> very sweet. Whereas some people think he's artificial, but I think he's sweet. Yeah. So so the thing is, is that um, when you've got a guy like Mitch Marner. And you, mm-hmm. Tavares, you know, is in peak physical condition. You know that he, Tavares, you never have to question. The guy's like, um, he's just a KO machine. The little thing king. That's right. Yeah, he's and not flashy, but. Zach Hyman, D- Travis Dermott was talking about how hard it is to rehab with Zach Hyman because Zach Hyman's a maniac in the gym mm-hmm. and has come back and doesn't look like he missed any training camp anytime. Nothing. Nope, not a thing. And you, when you look at how much William Nylander struggled last year, you realize how impressive it is that Zach Hyman looks as good as he does. With, with Mitch Marner being as good as he is, uh, Tavares being as good as he is, Hyman being as good as he is, how do you not every other shift just throw them out there? Because you know, and Nick Kiprio said this when he was on our show all that time ago, when you're that age and you're in that kind of condition, you can do it. Oh, Remember yeah. we talked yeah. about what the World Championships were, or the World Cup, what kind of effect that would have on those guys? He's like, those guys under 20? <laughs> Nothing. He's like, they won't even feel it. He's like, it went, when it gets into your 30s, maybe you start to sort of feel that, you know, that the tired lasts longer, you don't recover as quickly. But these guys right now are prime of their life. There's absolutely no reason why they can't be playing this much. When Stamkos broke his leg, when 
Carlson got his Achilles severed. Uh, Carl- <laughs> like, they all came back way ahead of schedule. Do you remember that uh, press conference ahead of Sochi where Stamkos was walking? And like, he broke his leg like two weeks prior or something yeah. stupid like that. Yeah. And we were all like, is is he going? <laughs> it was he wild. might actually go. Absolutely wild. Yeah. yeah. It's, so, so anyway. It, it I just mean, seems- that's not medically sound, but... There's something to it. You look at the bottom of this list. Engvall, CeCe, Timoshev, Muzzin, Gauthier. With the with the exception of Muzzin, who I think was playing way too much, but is now back to where he should be playing. Mm-hmm. Engvall, Timoshev, and Gauthier, as good as they are, mm-hmm. um, are, ba- are regressing to where they should be in terms of time. Well, Engvall you can throw out because he played one game with Babcock. Okay, and he played nine and a half yeah. minutes. And Timoshev's been scratched most of Keefe's games, and so is Goat. So it's Muzzin. Muzzin's taking the dial back. Mm-hmm. And he's played a lot of banged up games, mm-hmm. played a lot of hard minutes. Like, if, you know, you're talking about protecting Matthews, like keeping him fresh for the playoffs. No, Muzzin. That's the that's guy that Kiprios is talking about. Well, he's the playoff guy, but he's also older. Yeah. I think he's the oldest guy on the team. He's 30. Or, well, sorry, he's the oldest guy on Jesus, the team. Jesus, we're on older the than every freaking player on that I team. I know, it makes no, me scary. very sad. It makes me very sad. How do you look at Jake Muzzin like he's like ten years older than you? Because yes. I do. Oh my God! Yeah, and I'm older than him. Yeah, Ron Hainsey to me is like we would have been in the high. Wouldn't we have been in high? How old is Ron Hainsey? I think he's like 38. No, okay. No, so, so we, we wouldn't, wouldn't have been, been in high school, school at the same time as Ron Hainsey. Yeah, someone okay boomered me, and I looked, and it said he was 27. I'm like, uh. <laughs> Ron Hainsey turns, uh, yeah, he's 38 right now. Turns 39 in March. Yeah, and I look at him like he would be getting beers with my dad. Well, I think yeah. Ron Hainsey's an old soul, too. Right. right. There's that, too. Yeah, oh, like, my God, the Chris Johnson friggin'. It's the best. Why'd you tell everyone when I drive? I mean, it's a Hummer. He drove a Hummer. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I miss him. Do you miss him? I, I, miss him. I do miss Ron. Yo, I would have loved Ron Hainsey on the third pair. Yep. Just like Cody CC now. I don't talk about him as much. Well, and that was another thing. I, I love this. Ian Tulloch. <laughs> Bro, I didn't have any notes about Cody Cece last night, so that's probably good for their sixth defenseman. Yep. And is he playing? Is he actually playing on their third pair? Uh, I mean, because they're, they're playing the a lot. Are. There's a lot of Riley yeah. Barry highlights, but how much time? This is the problem. These guys all have access to stuff that we just don't have access to, like pairings and stuff. Yeah. I wish I knew, but you notice when Riley and Barry are together, but a lot of time they're not. Mm-hmm. But you notice when they are. That one, it, it's going to take time, but it's a project worth seeing through. I think so. Um, and Riley, Riley's being a leader through all this because I look at the Barry-Riley pairing. Okay, one of them's got to stay a little bit further back. Which one of them is it going to be? It's going to be Riley. You know, who gave up their spot on the top power play unit? It was Riley. You know, so he's... he's mm-hmm. This team, you need more than one captain. You need more than one lead. Morgan Riley's been... Morgan Riley's the captain of the defense. 100%. As far as I'm concerned, they can give him whatever he wants the next time his contract comes up. Oh my god, yeah. He's been... Not only has he been a prolific scorer, but talk about an example of a a great person in the room. Like, everything you could have asked. Everything you could have asked. And Barry is rumored, you know, assuming he returns to being Tyson Barry in terms of production, rumored to be getting... Or this past summer. Yeah, eight times eight. Riley had 70 plus points last year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think. What do you think he's going to get? He makes $5 million I right think now. Riley probably looks at it like, 
Well, yeah, okay, but I'll give up. I'll give it up to Barry this year, <laughs> and then uh, next year I'll get it back because Barry's not going to be here. Like, there's no way. I don't think they're going to be able to re-sign Tyson Barry. I think he just. Well, that believe me, I've done some thinking about that. But I, I, I think he just wants to win. Yeah. Well, yeah. why wouldn't you? We, Forget we're not the rest of it. Win. You're already a multi-gazillionaire. Who cares? Yeah, we're just not going to win unless we get Barry going. How do we get Barry going? Put him in this position. All right, baby, let's go. Yeah. You know, put him on the top power play unit. I'd like to play with him. Sure. Let's try something different. And I like the fact that the Leafs are doing things like taking um, uh, uh, taking time to um, – that it seems like anyway – when that first power play unit's out, they'll take as much time as they possibly can to get back to the face-off circle when they've been out for a minute because mm-hmm. they want to keep them out there. Oh, yeah. They try to keep them out there, and they're just like slowly making their way to the offensive. Like, really. Have you seen that little gif of uh, Nylander going to the yeah. bench uh, about 50 seconds into the power play? And Keefe obviously tells him, no, no, stay out there, and Willie just turns around and smirks. <laughs> Because he just expected, oh, the first unit's ran its course, you know, yeah. it's stoppage of play, I'm going to gut off, and keeps like, no, 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 no. He's We're like, done here. And what's nice. weird is I notice the second power play more now. Hmm. I feel like they're better. I mean, it's different construction, sometimes, so maybe they just are. Sometimes, but. too, with players that are less good, like, I mean, objectively, the second power play unit is not as good as the first. There's a reason well, there, too. That's how it works. But, yeah. Yeah, but sometimes <laughs> when you limit their time, they're better in the shorter time frame. It's like when you're on the radio. Most people are not very good at talking for a very long period of time at the beginning of their careers. They're also not very good at talking for a short period of time. But how do you get to talking for long periods Mm -hmm. of time? Talk short. Hmm. You start doing short breaks. When I started talking on the radio, 10 seconds was my maximum. Really? That was the maximum I was allowed to talk. 10 seconds. It's much harder to be concise. It is. It's the same philosophy with uh, energy guys. It's like most guys can be good in five minutes. You know, you allow them to play for five minutes a night, you throw them out, and they go as hard as they can. But they're not 20-minute-a-night guys, but they can do it in five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the beginning of the season for Captain? Like, oh, hmm. I wonder, I wonder if putting a guy on his off wing and playing him way more at five on five and on the power play and expecting him to be the pillar of her penalty kill, I wonder if that's <laughs> going to hurt him. I wonder Man. if that's going to make him look not as good. When you put that in perspective like that, it really is not a shock that he didn't succeed in that role. No, and then they he was he kicked ass the second they put him back in the role he should be in. I but love Kasperi Kapanen. I'll up, defend him to the death. I don't set care. up people <laughs> for the roles that they should be in. Yes. Right? Put them yes. in the role they should be in, and they'll succeed. Yes. Yeah. And that's what Mike Babcock used to do. That's the weird part. He used to you do that. You know what? Uh, did once. He did it in 16, 17. Well, he used to. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, when Fair those enough. kids first all came up, he sheltered them well mm-hmm. yeah. and put them in positions to succeed. Yeah. And then I don't know what happened. On on the ice. Yeah, off the ice. Board. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 That's anyway, a funny, conversation we've had. We still, I know. We still look at sixteen, seventeen. And I go, God, that season was great. And then I remember, oh, that's when that story happened. Shit. Okay. But it was a fun year, man. It that was, was fun. so good. Hey, somebody was. actually, another person messaged me and said, "You guys don't seem like you've been having a lot of fun since that Washington series." And I think, I think we did up until that first, that January twenty eighteen. Sixteen, seventeen was fun. The first part of 17-18 was fun, but mm-hmm. then 18 in January started to suck, and then they played Boston the first time. That's that, when I, that's when Bab- was January were, last they, year. They were no, no, no. January the year before sucked too because they were doing the lockdown. Yeah, that's when they shut down the, the offense. Uh, oh, the offense. Yeah. For yeah. me, I I was able to get through 17-18 uh, all right, 
Boy, last like year from was the tough. beginning the, of 2019, I was like, "This, this is taxing." The start <laughs> of last year was fun, though, on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yes. I thought I thought they were great on the ice, fun to watch, everything, and just off the ice with the Nylander stuff that wasn't too fun. And then it, once again, it got shut down in January, and then the playoff spot was locked up by February, mm-hmm. and that was no fun because then it was just a waste of two months. Do I think it's uh, this? This might sound crazy, but do you? Do you not think, or have you thought about the fact that it might be the best thing for the Leafs that they're not even close to having a playoff spot locked down right now? hundred mm. percent. Dude, the league's the league is jump ball right now. Isn't that what you want? Like, I found that the Leafs, both series against Boston, had, they, they, they just didn't have an edge. There was no, it took a couple games for them to ramp up to where Boston was already at. And, and you know, the first time it was Freddie, Freddie was terrible in the first two games. He was. Remember, he allowed like 12 goals in two games in that first Boston series. Oh, in the first yeah. wall, we got to see that first. Yeah, we got that to see fun. six of them um, in Boston, thank God, because uh, there's not, not a friendlier environment to see that. Actually, they were great. Um, but yeah. the, the, the point I'm trying to make here is if you are in stiff competition the mm-hmm. whole year, teams that come in seventh or eighth, you look at the Los Angeles Kings in 2011. They came in, and I think they made it into seventh. They squeaked into the playoffs. Mm, eighth. Eighth, and they, yeah. Okay, they won it from and the they eighth seed. fighting the whole yeah. way to get there, and then they win the cup. And why? Yeah. It's because the team that— Canucks won the President's Trophy. Kings kicked the shit out of them. Yeah. Right. And that's because you, you go from playing this, well, nothing really matters anymore because we're already ahead. Look at what happened to Tampa last year. Yeah. Oh, Columbus, baby. who fought and clawed to get into the playoffs. Tampa, who— I mean, they had it locked up in November. Colorado. They had 90 points. Yeah. yeah. They had six they did points less than yep. Montreal, even. Yep. There's definitely something to be said for the hot team going into the playoffs in any sport. Yep. And the fact that the Leafs have to go 30, 14, and 7, or whatever equivalent is, then hopefully by April, mid-April, that's when you want to be peaking for any team. Yeah. That yep. They want to be peaking mid-April. Hopefully, if they need a grind to get to that number, mid-April, they're playing their best hockey. Also, we didn't mention the Blues, who were last. Right, (laughs) right, right, in January. Um, According to Elliot Friedman, of the next 51 games, I believe 28 of them are against non-playoff teams for the Leafs. Currently outside the playoffs, yeah. So no no more Colorado and no more St. Louis, too. Which is nice. I think they have, and no more Philly. They, I think, have two more back-to-backs left, and then I don't think they have another one until, like, around Valentine's Day. Yeah, none in January. That's so good. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And that's when their bye week is. The only thing I would hope doesn't happen is they get really, really hot and then they have the bye week and then. But yeah. every team has their bye week, right? Right, right. So right. sometimes it's a good thing. What are we going to do about the crowns that week? Give it to us <laughs> for being swell guys. Yeah. <laughs> we deserve it. No, we should have to give it to someone that we. Grudgingly hate. respect. Hate, but grudgingly respect. Oh. Three Brad Marchands. <laughs> it's Myrtle. James Myrtle. Piece of, piece of... Enemy of the show, James Myrtle. Enemy who's of de- the show. Who's generously donated hours and hours of his time for our show. But, you know. This episode sucked. Noted enemy. Those, those episodes sucked as bad as Kamloops. And also Crow's Foot or whatever the hell you were talking Crowfoot about. Crowfoot Trail, yeah. Crowfoot Trail. Where Jerome McGinley is currently hanging out. Just walking the streets. Looking for a job. <laughs> He's got, he's got his helmet in hand, being like, I'm ready to play. That was Put my me favorite in, coach. thing. Put me in. <laughs> my favorite thing about Nike, friggin', um, they, like, you couldn't get a hold of Jerome McGinley, like, between certain months. Because he would just, like, disappear to places without cell reception. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I love stories It's a way like to that. do it. Yeah. Oh, my God, right? yeah. Living the dream. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, I'm looking at the standings right now. And again, you don't want to overdo it, but 
I, I do want to say that I had to look through some of our older videos like from a couple months ago. Mm. And my prediction about Boston being on a tear is absolutely right. <laughs> they are so far ahead. But here's the thing. From two to six in the Atlantic Division. Jump ball. Three points are the separating factor. And wow. most teams, except for Tampa, have played 30-plus games. So you've got Buffalo has got 36. They're currently in second. The Leafs, though, in fifth, 32 games played, 34 points. They are right there. Montreal and Florida ahead of them. Tampa right behind them, but Tampa's got three games in hand. And Four Tampa games in hand, excuse Florida me. Florida last night, which even though no one was there to see it, it was a very important game, uh, and Florida almost tied it up there at the end. It was a 2-1 win for Tampa. Oof. Yeah, man. Ooh. It's fun. Yeah, it is. It's fun. And the Metro, which <clears throat> I thought was going to be super fun this year, is not fun for any of the reasons that I predicted. <laughs> no. They are absolutely dominant. It's nope. crazy. I, th- I was like, oh, crazy. yeah, Rangers, Devils, they're going to be going head-to-head. Nope. Nope. Man. Nope, not at all. Wow. Not even close. The Devils only have 23 points. Look at Detroit. Detroit's, what is it? They are negative 20, or sorry, negative 61 goal differential. Negative 62 Last year, the worst goal differential in the league was the Kings with negative 61. It is December 11th. Let me ask you something. (laughs) What's been worse? Or what was worse? The Dead Wings era in the 80s or the last five years of the Detroit Red Wings? Oh, the 80s. Are you sure? Yeah. I'd say the, well, oh, do you have an answer? I don't know. Okay, here's something I wanted to look up. And I didn't have a lot of time. I was working to get the LFR done so I can get here on time. Mm-hmm. I want to know, because uh, people were bringing up the 74-75 Capitals, mm-hmm. who only had, I think it was eight wins. Yeah, they set the record for worst regular season record in NHL history. And worst goal differential in NHL history. You want to take a stab at that? Oh. Uh... So the Red Wings right now are minus 62. Last yes. year, the Kings were minus 61. I think Colorado was minus 100 and something when they only got 44 points. That or bad whatever, year, yeah. 48 yeah. points. Um, what were the 74-75 Washington Capitals? You said Colorado was how much? It was like 100 and something. I think. So it's got to be more than 100. Yeah. Uh, well, it's the record. Right? 150? 265. Oh, <laughs> you could pluck any team out of the American Hockey League right now and just be like, you're in the NHL now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they would post that. Were they Sorry, an expansion Yeah. Capitals. Yeah. Whoa. Were they expansion? Yeah, I don't know if it was that year. I want oh, to okay. say their expansion year was bad, and then like their next year was even what worse. What was it about okay. the NHL in this, this um, sadomasochistic way that they used to expand their hockey teams? Like, why... Did they have to come in and be that bad? Mm. The NHL used to put like every, sm- every teams like every Ottawa. Every league. Why would they put like? We'll, look at what Ottawa did in their first season. Ten wins. Uh, it was. You're trying to build abysmal. a product. Yeah. And you're making it that fucking hard. It was like ten years before the Columbus Blue Jackets even made the playoffs. Yeah. No like, wonder how, Vegas rules. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> like, yeah. How obnoxious! What a what a terrible way to build a brand. Yeah. So. Sorry, this is where I was going with that. And I'd be curious to know. I want to know, because the 74-75 season was also Bobby Orr's second most productive season in the NHL. He had 139 points one year and 135 that season. Mm -hmm. I want to know how many times he played those Capitals 
and how many points he put up. Because I was looking, uh, Hockey Reference was the closest I could find. They had, like, all his hat tricks from that year, and he had at least two against Washington. And one of the scores I saw was 8-2. to two. Well, that's just unfair. No, yeah. It's, <laughs> so, it's funny. Like, in, in the best player of all time conversation, mm-hmm. anything, like, before 85. Definitely. 85, like, seems to be the cutoff. Yeah, it's, you're playing against essentially paid amateurs. What's a paid amateur? A professional. I know, but not really. In the case of the 74, 75 caps. Right. Well, I want to I want to bring this up to you. Hmm. The can I, the the uh the Red Wings are going to miss the playoffs this year. You think? This will be their fourth season in a row. The last time the Red Wings missed four in a row in the playoffs. Can you name the year? They went what was it? 25 straight years making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So it's pre ninety one. Do math. Uh, I'm gonna say eighty five to eighty nine. I'm gonna say sixty two. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that far back. I can guarantee you that. There you go. Nobody missed the playoffs with six teams. <laughs> hey, you never know. <laughs> well, the two teams always did, but they were always one of them was always the Rangers. Right. right. Um, so the Rangers were bad in the six team era. It's weird. And the Blackhawks. Yeah. Well, the Blackhawks had. And I sorry, Blackhawks fan. Well, no, they know this. They had the world's worst owner oh, up until know. up until the the Taze Kane era. Mm-hmm. The worst. It's shocking to me that there could be an owner worse than Harold Ballard, and yet here we are, and he lasted twenty years longer. That's the scary. What's part. What's the story about him not putting games on in Chicago? He or something? thought if you put a game on television, people wouldn't come to the stadium. <laughs> And he thought that for 40 years, despite all evidence to the contrary. So the Blackhawks were not broadcast in Chicago unless it was a national game. Unbelievable. And, and I told it's this, crazy. I told this story when Eddie Shack was on, but uh, yeah, Harold Ballard with the, with the programs, he didn't like the names on the back of the jerseys because he wanted to sell programs. But when the NHL forced him to put the names on the back of the jerseys, the Leafs, for example, would have a blue sweater. He'd uh, put blue letters. Right. Just and finally, they're like, Harold, we're going to fine you if you don't freaking do what we tell you. <laughs> to answer your question, the Red Wings missed the playoffs for seven years in a row in the 70s. Oh. No. Oh, yeah. And they missed it for another five years in a row at the end of the 70s. They, they made the playoffs once in the 70s, which I'm surprised that they call the 80s the Dead Wings era because the Dead Wings era was definitely the 70s. And um, the Detroit Red Wings last time they missed the playoffs on a on a uh, thing like this was 82-83. So 1982-1983, the Detroit Red Wings, that was the fifth year in a row that they had they had missed the playoffs. Oof. And that was the last time they they went on to, you know, they had a couple round one losses then out of the playoffs again and then they lost a couple conference finals in a row in 87 and 88. Um but, you know, a team that was definitely on its up towards, you know, the dawning of the 90s. The 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 Detroit Red Wings right now are run by one of the smartest people in hockey history, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yes. Player and GM. Yes. But it is going to be really interesting. They're run by the guy who brought them out of the first Dead Wings era. Yes. And he'll bring <laughs> them out of this one. Yeah. But I think he's going to have to extend this Dead Wings era to five straight seasons. I don't think they make the playoffs next year. Uh, I don't well, care who... That's, they, you can have yeah, Lafreniere all you want. And Zadino, <laughs> they set Zadino down to get him out of the tire fire. Yes. He's now back in the AHL because, wow. But if you look at all the contracts that come off the books this offseason, I could see Detroit and Yeiserman making so many changes that they could be a decent team next year But who, and sneak in. <laughs> like, 
who will they have? <laughs> That's like, the I, thing. They who, could have anybody. Like, they do have Green, Erickson, and Daly account for 10, oh, 11, 11 million dollars of their cap? 12 million dollars of their cap right now. Adam? Who do I always say makes the stupidest decisions? GMs on July 1st. Yes. But also, GMs of teams that call the Detroit Red Wings that <laughs> thought they were going to do better in the playoffs than they did. Mm-hmm. That's who you call. Well, okay. Okay, let's let's think of some of those teams. Uh, oh, Tampa Bay. Oh. Stevie is circling. If you think. think you think oh, that they're yeah. going to deal with Stevie though, like if you're an NHL general manager, if if Eiserman calls you, hang up, hang up. Yeah, but he's my he's he'll my fleece pal. You. No, he'll fleece he you. Was, no, that's my mentor. Yeah, I bet I bet Paul Fenton felt that same way about David Poyle in the uh, in the Fiala trade, right? Detroit is going to have a big old trade with Tampa at some point. You watch. And what do you think it's going to be? Just hazard a guess. You don't have to name any players, but what would what would be the assets? I'll name the players. You know who just seems fed up with life after having like an unstoppable, unbelievable season? Nikita Kucherov. There's me throwing it out there. Really? What are Nikita Kucherov's stats this year? Really? There's me throwing it out there. You think Nikita Kucherov gets traded from Tampa? Mm-hmm. There's me throwing it out there, though. Well, he's got, I mean, he doesn't have, he's not on the pace for 100 points, but he does have 31 in 28 games. That's not great. He makes 9.5. Wow. Yeah. Don't, Kate, okay. do me a favor, everyone. Stop helping Detroit. <laughs> I'm gonna preempt this. It's like it's it's Don't start helping Detroit. Don't start helping Detroit again. Just remember how many so for so many years everybody was helping Stan Bowman. D- Detroit and Tampa have Stop already made a move. Helping. They've already Stop made helping a move. Steve Eiserman. Make this hard on him for once, for God's sake. Dude, they're sucking on purpose. Yes. They have all their best guys in the minors, and mm-hmm. they have a bunch of money coming off the books. To make you, Stevie to make Y you is laugh. gonna do something ridiculous. Watch. Doesn't it make you laugh that sucking on purpose went from being this, oh, we would never, to 1,000% something everybody just agrees The strategy of how to build a team. Yeah, especially in a cap. Weird how the smart thing to do often proves to be right. Right. (laughs) It's crazy, isn't it? Yep. And you know, if you were doing it, like if you're doing the Winged Wheel podcast right now, it's sort of got to be, like they seem a little bit depressed, but I think that's because they're used to winning. When the Leafs finally tanked, we were like, yay, this Mm -hmm. is the right thing to do. Correct. We talked about the Marlies a lot. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. We went to Marlies yeah. games. They were on fire. They were yeah, great. Yeah. And it's funny because you 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 get to sort of play in the sandbox. It's like, well, I don't know what could be. There could be nobody left on the roster next year, but we could hang on to P.A. Parento. Who knows? Who knows? You're, you're a child. <laughs> yeah. You, you can do anything if you use your imagination. And that's all it is, is your imagination. What's Adina going to be? He can be anything he wants. He can be a two-way forward. He could be a sniper. If he wants, he can be a firefighter. Like, you can do anything you want, boys and girls. It's the fun thing about a rebuild. It's just watching the games is tough. Mm. (laughs) I didn't find watching the games that year that tough. No, because I watched expecting them to stink. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed the fact that I knew that they were headed in any direction at all. Yeah. Like the least previous to that, just kind of like Detroit up until this past season, it was like, what are you? What are you? You know, 
At least Detroit, we know what they are. You know what was screwing up the 15-16 season where the Leafs intentionally finished last? You know who? JVR. J- no, because he <laughs> did he his injured. part and got injured. No, no, that's not screwing it up. Screwing it up is doing good. Oh. So Colin Greening almost screwed it up by being a half a point a game player after they got him as a captain. Friggin' guy almost screwed it up. Um, James Reimer almost screwed it up. He was great that year. That's why they had to trade him to They San had Jose. to get rid of him as soon as damn possible. The Red Wings are a step ahead because Jimmy Howard went and got hurt and Jonathan Bernier uh, crapped out all of his innards. And now they're like, I don't know, they made they, they claimed Eric Comrie off waivers. I think they have um, Calvin Pickard and then behind him I think is just a scarecrow or something. Hmm. Like that's how you suck. Interesting. Don't just have a bad team. Don't have someone who can stop pucks. Speaking of goaltending, I do want to hit this thing before we move on to Dallas because we do want to talk about Dallas. But I yes. do want to talk about this with well, the Leafs. Uh, <laughs> according to Elliot Friedman, he said, "I'm not convinced Toronto's going to alter its backup situation. They mm-hmm. just don't seem enamored with what's out there." Tristan Yari's gone from being a potential trade target to a Pittsburgh record holder with a shutout streak of 177 minutes ended by the Canadians. Under a lo- uh, sorry, uh, until a long-term decision is made with Matt Murray, will the Penguins move Jari or Casey to Smith? Uh, there's another. There's a lot of love for Alexander Georgiev, who I love, and deservedly so. He looks terrific. Who is three games from becoming waiver eligible? The Rangers have Igor Shesterkin, I think. Yeah, light, uh, lighting up AHL Hartford in his first North American season. But the 37-year-old future Hall of Famer Henrik Lundqvist is signed for only one more year. So is it a Georgiev Shesterkin in the future? Who knows? But if you can trade them a winger of value. Or some value that they can add to d- deepen their team and get better faster. I think that, that you can make a, con- a case for the Rangers to to make a deal with the Leafs. Rangers make- is interesting. Um, what I was going to throw out there with the Penguins. So they're actively trying to move someone. Someone who makes a lot of money. Alex Galchenyuk. Mm-hmm. He makes 4.9, which is way more than I thought. That's a lot of money. Now, what I was trying to figure out, and I guess it's off the table now. Could you do Galchenyuk... Possibly some retention, I don't know. Uh, and Tristan Jari for a Kerfoot, perhaps? A Okay, the Leafs looked great last night in Vancouver. They played fast. They're still scoring goals. Who's out of the lineup right now? Janssen. Janssen. I, don't, I think Janssen's looked like the odd man out all season. But I think part of that is the way Mike Babcock was playing him. Uh, yeah, right. it's tough. He's got... And I mean, he's got value. Is is Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe going to be terribly eager to trade the guy who was their playoff MVP when they won the Calder Cup? No, probably not. Um, Kerfoot remains an option there. So I just I looked at Pittsburgh's situation with Galch and Jari and went maybe there could be something there. Mm-hmm. With the Rangers, I get concerned because that's a team that's actively rebuilding, and the Leafs are now at the point in whatever you want to call what they are, they're at the point where they desperately need young guys who are cheap. Mm. And that's exactly who the Rangers are going to want. So unless you're willing to trade picks, which you've already kind of done, I'm not sure how you get Georgiev. The other thing you don't want to do is... Well, young guys with skill, I think. Young guys with skill, but the other thing you don't want to do is if you trade for an established goalie, you don't want to trade a goalie prospect. And for me, that's Joseph Wool. If I'm the Rangers, I would like him. Uh, in any deal that has to do with Georgiev, and if I'm the Leafs, I say no. When can we get to the point where we could try Joseph Wall out on the NHL level? Uh, we're not there. Couple He's in 903 in the AHL right now. 
Oh, okay. And like, and it's funny. Most people watching him uh, seem encouraged by everything except the amount of pucks that he's stopped. Like he's okay. and seems that's, like that's a nice guy. Normal he's athletic. Goals. Yeah, it's no, it's very rare you play your first professional hockey and are any good. Mm-hmm. That's what like Carter Hart is an anomaly. Yeah. And but Matt then, Murray is an anomaly. I was about to say I look at a guy like Matt Murray who started at twenty one, twenty two and won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. It's like well, I don't know. And then the before decision, him it was like Carey Price. What's the All decision right. that they have to make with Matt Murray? Uh he's an RFA at the end of this year and he needs a giant ass contract. Yeah. Pittsburgh's, it, they do have to move goalie. Everyone's like, oh, they're not going to move Jari. Well, okay, Matt Murray makes three point something, and yeah. he's an RFA. Tristan Jari makes uh, not a lot, but he's an RFA, and he's going to be able to ask for more, and that mm-hmm. number's climbing, climbing, climbing. In the minors, they have Casey DeSmith locked up to 1.25 and term. Hmm. So they're probably trying to move on from him. And then Penguins fans said, what about DeSmith and Johnson? Or Johnson, sorry. And I said, go no. away. No. <laughs> also, <laughs> thank you to every Penguins fan who corrected me when I called Gatchenyuk a center. Apparently he's just been playing yeah, third-line they... wing all year. Well, he's listed at center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he, they never play him at center. No, it's, no. It's, I don't think he's ever been able to handle it, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for him. That's why I was thinking Kerfoot, because there's a winger who were like, you're a center now. And maybe they would do the same to Gouch. I like Kerfoot enough. Like I like I loved his his quote before the game. He's like, I grew up a Vancouver Canucks fan, but everybody hates Toronto because they're not Vancouver. Like yeah. it's 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 a big city. They get all the attention. I just I, I like Kerfoot. I like what he brings. My dumb caveman brain pictures what playoff hockey looks like, and I'm like, mm, I think I'd rather have Kerfoot. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um. Not and, and Elliot added, not that they want to, but when things were going poorly for the Leafs, another GM said Toronto learned it could trade Kasperi Kapitan very easily. Quote, but they don't want to, he added. Yeah. He's got he, a special skill set. He's valuable. He's valuable, plays his role great five on five. He's a dick. I liked him sticking up for Freddie at the end of last game. Like that's owed to Freddie. Yeah. That is and is it not exactly what I talked about? Like Sheldon Sheldon Keefe teams are not afraid to fight. They're not built to do it, but they'll do it. You know? Funny that that toughness comes out under the right coach. Like it seemed under Babcock that they just didn't want to. But it seems like now it's like, oh what yo, don't fuck don't fuck with my guys. Mm-hmm. Like if there's like this thing that's come out, this protection thing, like there seems to be like a a gang forming. You know what I mean? Like there's like there is a group of people there that are now meshing. Yes. Does that make sense? We're playing for the crest. Yeah. Um, play for each other to the man on your right or left. So on the Dallas Stars, uh, <laughs> Jim Nill announced Jim Montgomery's dismissal hours after discovering, quote, a material act of unprofessionalism. According to multiple sources, Dallas fired Montgomery for cause, terminating the final two and a half years of his contract. Bracket. What remains to be seen is if Montgomery mounts a legal challenge. Close bracket. Calgary needed more than three days to do a proper investigation, and Peters wasn't officially fired. Mark Crawford's been on leave for more than a week. The star situation was different because the offending behavior happened on their watch, not in a previous locale. They were certain of their corroboration and or documentation, and they were certain of it quick. Montgomery's coaching acumen was never in question. Now, this is where it gets very interesting, because I have a theory on this. I'm not sure I want to expound on the theory, but I do have a theory. I don't think you should. Okay. Yeah. Dallas went to a second round game seven double overtime against the eventual Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues. Righted itself into a legit uh, contender after an awful 1-7-1 start this year. If there was a concern, it was how much fun Montgomery liked to have away from the rink. You have to be careful walking that line. That's what Elliot Friedman said. 
And that backs my theory, which I will not expound upon here because I don't think it's appropriate. Yeah, I think it'd be it'd be wrong of us to just play the guessing game. Yeah. Although I, everybody is. I let, Eventually this is coming out, right? I'll, I'll Everybody's just, guessing. I'll just say it. Like there's a lot of uh there's a lot of people who I think fancy themselves heroes who are acting a little bit villainous um through this whole situation. And, oh well, because because they didn't tell us, let's just guess. And yeah. I think he did this. One and thing, I, and everybody's a got meme. a theory. In the story, Elliot says that uh, they didn't come out with it because they're protecting the person who uh, told the story. Oh, who, I didn't the, even the, think the person who's the victim. Oh, like okay. they because they know once the story comes out, that person they're gonna know. And you'll know what exactly happened. Who it is. So you're exactly. protecting so that person's identity. You gotta respect that life. Yeah, and supposedly he's got a very young family. Like he's got kids that. Got to go to school, and we all know kids are very understanding and won't oh, rip God. on anything that has to do with your family. You know, um, listen. When we're meant to know, I guess we'll know. Uh, in the meantime, he was fired, and it was right. for an obvious reason. Like, don't. Oh well, why wouldn't you say? Well, take a second, take a literal millisecond to answer that question yourself. No, tweet first. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> well, first. You know what's important? Being right by guessing. <laughs> Several tens of likes. Oh my Oh yeah. That's what's important. Yes. And <laughs> you can trade that in. You can trade that in you get for internet bucks for that. Didn't you guys? Should know that? we make a t shirt that says no? Tweet first. <laughs> <laughs> With Adam's deadpan face. No, tweet first. <laughs> That's really good. No, like... Uh, the last month has shocked me. Yeah. Oh, I mean... Shocked me on Twitter. Shocked me. Is... You know, why wouldn't Brad Treliving... Well, why wouldn't Brad Treliving? <laughs> yeah! Huh? Well, hang what? on. Hang on just a minute. Sometimes... You got to do due diligence. Let's I know it around. It's crazy. Home. Here's the thing. You <laughs> you person don't have any responsibility to the Calgary Flames organization. Nope. But when you do, the reason you get those positions of responsibility is to avoid being sued by somebody. You must figure out what happened. And that's Heavy. what they were doing. Let's uh, let's how but do we not get sued and figure out what the hell happened? What if I have a Twitter account and I want something done? Hmm. And I decide to just yell it into the matrix of the earth. Who who are the most the the most hard done by people on the planet? Uh, Twitter users. People on Twitter who live with the burden that no one is as smart as them. <laughs> <laughs> and my heart Ooh. goes out to them, and I want to start a GoFundMe for them. Yeah. Okay. Because Twitter would be the place to start it. What are we gonna do? <laughs> what are we gonna do? Like. No, it, it just it just bothered me. Like, there's very mm. obviously reasons, and like, I'm not playing and, and coy. I don't know the reason. And let's be honest. There's like a because it didn't involve somebody from the organization. They said, right? Yeah, I didn't like that. You know, they were friggin' uh, playing crew. Did did he have a hat and you flick them all yeah. down? And was yeah. he a member of the organization? <laughs> flick flick flick. Right. I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's that was, so funny. They were playing Clue. Uh, was clue. It, wasn't clue? it? Uh, no, Clue is like... No, guess who? Guess who? Oh, yeah. Yes, clue yes, is like Mr. Who. Green Jeans in the, in the room with the uh, pipe. You know yes. what I mean? Like, you know, is it water on the knee? <laughs> guess who? Is it sexual harassment? <laughs> oh, like, gosh. No, well... <laughs> well, they said it was not sexual harassment. Right. It was not physical abuse. Yeah. So, yeah, we're knocking down all yeah, the faces. If there was something to be mocked, it was them going, all right, I can't say what. 
But it wasn't was the, blank, blank, and blank. Like, was it a racist remark? Was it sexual harassment? Yeah. What, oh, they might as well have come out and gone, Listen, oh, it wasn't like a Babcock thing. It wasn't a Peters thing. No, 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 no. But we, we, still, we still had the fire. Yeah, we still, yeah. So if there was something to be mocked, it was that. But like, then guessing. Yeah. Then taking. Yeah, just don't. No. And you're right. And that's, I'm glad you guys, I do have a theory, but I'm not going to get into it. But no. there's only, you think about what, as you said, clue, right? Yeah. Uh, or not clue. Um, guess who? Guess who. I screwed it up. When you look at the situation, there's only so many things it could have been. You got to think about. I always say that, and it's always something wacky. You know what? He was moonlighting as a ringmaster in a circus. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not focused on winning the cup. That's, no. That's, that's strictly shit. in his contract. You're not allowed to work for the circus while head coach of the Dallas Stars. Damn. It's a really strange provision, but it's in there, and he violated it, so he's gone. This is interesting. One thing we can mock openly mm-hmm. is the Steve quote of the year. Okay. And oh. this <laughs> needs to be on a T-shirt. Are you, have you heard this, Jesse? No, it has no. To be. I don't know where we're going with this. Oh, really Jesse, good. this yeah. is the best quote of all time. It's unfortunate that it happened in the situation that it did, but that does not make it not funny. It was, in fact, oh, yeah. it makes it... No. It was a when it rains, it pours... Yeah. situation. Is this staying with Dallas? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Jim, Jim Nill during the press conference said uh-huh. this. Unfortunately, and this is deep, sometimes in life the hardest decisions are the toughest. And this is one of them. <laughs> what? Unfortunately, sometimes in life hardest the hardest decisions are, are the, the toughest. toughest. And this is one of them. That could have been said at a staff meeting at Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Don't God. say anything ever. Really? <laughs> Just God, that sucks. Are you telling me that hard decisions are tough, Jim? It's crazy. And this is one of them. I know. Listen, it, it's <laughs> it's so tough because he's in a really tough position. This is the coach he hired. Can you imagine the week he had? Oh, Jim. Yes. Who's this? It's Jim. Listen, Jim. I think I have to fire Jim. What? Why do you got to fire Jim, Jim? <laughs> Sorry, there's just so many gyms. It's, it's a lot of gyms. Um, I I do feel because that's a tough spotlight to be in. So of course you're going to misspeak a little bit. This is one of them. But it is one of the most generically funny quotes I've ever read in my life. Sometimes like, in I, life, I don't care. I gotta, think it's funny. You gotta give something to get something. <laughs> you gotta give something to get something. <laughs> a hockey man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, don't friggin' try to play. Like, what are you going to do if you're right? Aha! Yeah, right. Yeah, if you're right, then you guessed it. And if you're, you're wrong, like, then you okay. didn't guess it. Right. <laughs> you, I. Guessed it based on nothing. Aha. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, okay. Do you want a detective badge? Yeah, freaking like, Miss Cleo. Sometimes like, in life, yeah. the toughest predictions are the hardest. And this is one of them. And this is one of those times. <laughs> uh, hey, going to the cap next season, there are people saying, according to Friedman again, 31 Thoughts just came out, and there was gems after gems in it. Um, because, And the interesting thing is that Elliot always gets stuff at the Board of Governors meeting that no one else gets. Can I throw out something just because you mentioned 31 Thoughts came out? Sure. Did... Wait, wait, here. Rather than you say it, uh-huh. let's just try to guess what it is. <laughs> no, sorry. What do, you, what do you think I'm going to say? Uh, something about pickles. Do you think Chris and Elliot held back on headlines this weekend, and then Elliot just dropped all the bombs in 31 Thoughts? Because headlines, it was a little light. And then all of a sudden on Wednesday, there's all this stuff. I think because the board think, of governors met. I think that's why there's all this stuff. You don't think Elliot knew some of this on Saturday and was like, I'm going to hold this for my column. 
I think it's more important on Hockey Night in Canada to get there. I think his column is going to be well read anyway. I think I'm, Hockey Night in Canada needs the ratings. I am going to throw it out there. What is more consumed? 31 thoughts or headlines? 31 thoughts. I would I would put money on it. If you're talking about viewers to clicks, uh, probably easier to get clicks anyway. You might not get somebody watching the reading the full thing, but I think... I'm always the biased uh, digital guy, but like, I've seen the numbers 31 Thoughts used to get five years ago. I, It's the most read thing in the sport. On well, the fact that nobody, like, let's be honest, there's there's a lot of people just not, they don't have cable anymore. And that and the rating system for cable, you think the radio ratings are outdated. The, the way they rate cable is so outdated. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, and people are losing obnoxious amounts of money to online advertisers that deliver no results. If There's a lot of online to advertisers that deliver no results when when hockey broadcasts deliver you actual results. And it's mind-blowing how much money they're losing because they refuse as a consortium now you're to get together. No, no, know. here's what happened. You know, I'll tell you what's happening. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you Sorry for walking down the TV North line. America has a problem. Everybody... Wait, Jesse, let's guess what the problem is. <laughs> I want to see if I'm right, and then if I am, the I'm going to pat problem myself. Is he wearing the a hardest. hat? <laughs> Guys, the <laughs> toughest problems are the hardest, and this is one of them. Yes. So what they did in England, all these competing television Friggin networks, is they got together. Add them to the shit list. I know, right? Stupid. Uh, no, my boss is in England right now for Christmas, and it looks just beautiful. They just do Christmas right away. Your boss is on the shit list? I know, right? Uh, no. the So what they did years ago was they realized digital was taking over. Mm. So they got together and they said, listen, we're all losing a pile of money because people are cutting cable and they're watching these shows online and there's no possible way that we can sell these if we can't rate them against each other. So what they all agreed to do was turn over their streaming numbers, meaning that videos, uh, streaming services, everything, it's all public now. They just turn it over and they say, here's what we did digitally. And they all agree and they all got in together and they said, now we can be rated properly. So if a million people watch an, an EPL game yeah. on a streaming service and another million watch it on Sky Sports, we know it was it and it, it was owned by the same company, we know it was a two million person match. And they sell the same thing. And they they sell it on both and they make it an obnoxious amount of money. In Canada and Why the United wasn't States. This done but, a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And that's the thing. England did that a decade ago. And by the way, next year I believe they get rid of AM and FM radio because mm -hmm. everybody's got digital radio. It's gone. Seriously. As of yeah. next year. Yeah. And they really? had that planned in 2009. Oh. And so what's I was interesting... still in school. Oh. I know. So what's interesting is that oh in Canada, you've got Rogers and Bell, who own most of the, the television. They did everything. Yeah. And they will never work together on something like that. And then in the States, you've got NBC, ABC, um, and um, CBS. Those are the major old networks. One of them is owned by... ABC is owned by Disney. NBC is owned by GE. Um, and, you know, CBS is its own thing. None of them are ever going to work together on that. They're too competitive. But what it's doing is it's eating them alive. Yeah. And you're not seeing you're not seeing it in television in, in in the states as much. But you know, like Matt Lauer used to make like twenty five million dollars to do the Today Show. Um, you're not seeing contracts like that anymore. No one's making that kind of money anymore. And it's and it's happening where it's it's starting to shrink. Where in Canada it's already shrunk. And until we get together and figure out a way to rate these things properly, include online streams, be they legal or illegal. 
find a way to learn, to combine digital with over-the-air broadcast. Eventually, it's all going to be digital anyway. We have got to find a way to rate this all together, or it's going to continue to shrink. The product's going to continue to get worse, and you're going to alienate people. And that's why things like 31 Thoughts, it's one medium. It's digital. It's on one medium. Can I be right? super bold? Sure. I'm going to be super bold. 31 Thoughts is the new coach's corner. Wow. Coach's Corner used to be the pulpit. Damn. It's 31 Thoughts now. I love that. Me too. It's a fun little world. It's good. That's really like smart. So like see, that. this is what I mean. Like, so, so with 31 Thoughts, I can see how it would more, you could make the case that more people are reading it than are watching headlines. Mm-hmm. And five years ago, that would have sounded insane. But this, that makes a whole lot of sense because based on the rating system we currently have, I would bet that you're missing 30 to 40% of the actual audience watching because we don't rate things in the 21st century. The TV rating system is coming up on 100 years old. It's still, you stick it's a little, insane. You they stick st- a little they, box on like a thousand houses in the entirety of the America. And the, in America. And, and, and the they, broadcasters pay for it. Right. They pay uh, right. into the same company to have their, and we do it in radio too. We pay one company mm-hmm. to do our ratings. It's and ridiculous. And the sample sizes are never guessing company. The, the, and, and listen, the radio system is the best system we have for radio. That's all we can have, and, and I get it. But but with television, there objectively are better methods that are out there right now, and they won't change. It's crazy, and they're paying for it. It's it's insane. It's insane. And what it does is it takes things like Hockey Night in Canada or Wednesday Night Hockey or things like that, and it shrinks the budget mm-hmm. because you can't make as much. So therefore, there are less people. Therefore, there are less jobs. I love watching Adam talk biz. Oh, yeah, but the, there's this there's <laughs> this thing so in mad. sports right now where it's like NFL ratings are dying, NBA ratings are they're dying. Not. They're not. People are just switching mediums. But all these advertising dollars are now going away because people are like, oh, look at these these Nielsen ratings. They're down four point eight share points. You know the. 10,000 less households here affected this box, and it's like, it's not true. Like, the Nielsen ratings, the way they are, were invented right around the time the rotary phone was invented. Uh Uh-huh. Do you see... Like, do you you see the obnoxiousness of that? I think it was 1940 or 1950 is when they implemented the little box on your TV. And that's right around the time you were able to dial a number rather than pick up the operator (laughs) and say, excuse me, I'd like to be connected to so-and-so in Kentucky. Imagine you don't change that technology. 70 years later? It's like, you know what it reminds me of? Um, you see when, what was it, Congress talking to Mark Zuckerberg and some of the questions they were asking? Oh, they didn't They didn't even use Facebook. They didn't know what it was. It's it's like if they had, like, Lennox Lewis sitting there and they go, yes, uh, Mr. Lewis, what is, if you could help us out, uh, could you define what a fist is? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they just didn't go in there with, like, the base knowledge of anything. Because they don't know. Because they have no foot. Anyway, it sorry, we're me, getting a little too anyway, inside well, baseball. It makes, well, but, no, but I think it's interesting. I think it's important. We can on this podcast. Yeah! But yeah. I think it's important that anybody watching... Yeah! If you're watching this show, or if you're watching sports in general, it's important for you to know what's going on. Yeah. It really is. It's important for you to know why things are happening the way they are. And, and, um, and how little any of the companies have done about it. Because they're frozen. They don't know what to do. And the, the answer's right there. It's right there, but they'll they'll give you a million reasons why they can't do it. Each more head scratching than the next. Uh, by the way, the cap next year is people are saying 
Sources. Sources are saying, because what they said last year was it was going to be 83 million. It ended up being 81 and a half. So Gary Bettman's not going to come out and say a number anymore because he's a lawyer and he's smart. The difference of the cost of a backup goaltender. <laughs> They're saying right now, according to Elliot Friedman, that it's going to be 84 to 85 million dollars. And why? Because the lockout slash strike fears, many players structure their contracts to have lower cash payouts in 2020, 2021. That means lower escrow. So if you're getting less money, the 15% doesn't matter as much, which allows the possibility the NHLPA would be willing to raise the ceiling by more than, say, 1.15%, which is cool. I like that. Uh, me too. I mean, hasn't this cost guys a lot of money? Like, what what's happened this year? Like, yeah, the PA, it should be in their interest to jack the thing. I don't know. May I'm just saying that as a biased Leaf fan. I just want to see it go up as much as possible. Sure. <laughs> because we, it's or fun. Change the whole system because it's stupid. I well, Adam, baby steps. Uh, the World Cup for 2021 was shelved. Oh, no. Uh, and that means that it could be an all-star game with a three-on-three mini World Cup format or Ryder Cup format. Mm, I was going to say fart, but that could be cool. Ryder Cup. Oh, like North America versus Europe again? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. But what I took from that was um, the... Uh, so it's not going to be in 2021. Mm-hmm. They're considering 2022. Mm-hmm. And what That's I said was, Olympic uh, year. Uh, isn't that the Olympics? I said that to Chris Johnson in a tweet. And he goes, yeah, not confident they're going. Yep. Cool. I mean, who would want to be on the, the grand stage of being in freaking China? When uh, you're trying to build. But, you, league, but you'll go to Europe mid-season and play two games randomly. And what? In China. They'll go to China. Well, they'll like go to two China. preseason yeah. games. Where they have someone go unless, on the loudspeaker and explain a, the rules. Unless a certain NHL general manager doesn't tweet their support for Hong Kong beforehand. And then, ooh, God forbid. But thank God you don't fun. have to worry about that, Nagi. No one says anything. Right. <laughs> hey, fall in line. Uh, you didn't need to tell us that. We yeah. were already there. Um, um, a little bit more on on the, not the Bill Peters, Akeem Aliu stuff, but just the Bill Peters lack of and the effect on Calgary. Meaning his absence is effect on Calgary. Mm-hmm. Dude, I said if he was Mr. Rogers, he's still, his record suggests. He's not a good coach. He's in professional hockey. Outside of the WHL, he won a championship with the Spokane Chiefs. In professional hockey, assistant coach and head coach especially, he hasn't been good. I don't expect the Flames to run the table the rest of the season, go undefeated. But they're 6-0 and without the guy. There's another team that's they're playing better. They seem to love life a little bit more. And, I mean, they're playing for a guy who doesn't punch and kick him and say racial slurs. Um, here's what Friedman had to say, and this is interesting. I'm not sure anyone knew what to expect when Peters was told in Buffalo that he could not be with the team. But everyone noticed an immediate difference, a more relaxed vibe. <laughs> Winning creates more happiness. Second is your players get their cookies. Sean Monaghan, who looked lost, has points in all six of those games and goals in each of the past four. Gaudreau, looking much more engaged, has four points. Dylan Dubé, Milan Lucic, Zach Ronaldo, and uh, Derek Ryan had 16 points before Ward's ascension and 19 points together since. Wow. And Monaghan's a guy who, like, I've been picking on him a little bit uh, over this season just because I wonder how strong of a number one center he is in this league. Man, if Calgary really gets him going, Ooh, if scary. Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Gaudreau, did you see the go-ahead goal that he uh, set up for Monahan against the Kings? Kings go up two nothing. Drew Doughty scores the second goal. Friggin', 
goes ballistic, banging on the glass in Calgary, just meh, if you, and then the flames tied up and Gaudreau just decided, screw you clowns, just went through all five kings and friggin' just Monahan, all he had to do was sit there with a stick on the ice and go, yay. <laughs> Are we forgetting the true spark plug of the team? Who's that? Three goals in the last four games after zero in his first 27. The Does he have three now? Milan Lucic. Wow! Three in his last four. Look at that. You know why? He needs... He's playing with a right-handed centerman. <laughs> 100%. You know what? Frig, he's got three goals in the last four games. Maybe. Maybe. Um, if Bill Peters couldn't more, figure that out, he does not deserve to be a coach. He needs four more goals to catch James Neal's total from last season. Mm-hmm. Can he do it? I think so. He's on pace. Yes. He's on pace. And on, on the Akeem Alou subject, another story came out. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot for me to just involuntarily say, holy fuck, <laughs> out loud. This was that. And this is from the uh, uh, Washington Post, is it not? It's Wall, Street Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal. Jeez. And this is, okay, so the story is he's with um, Colorado Eagles, who are the ECHL affiliate at the time of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, I think they're AHL now. I want to say of the Avalanche because that just would make sense, but I might be wrong. And so he was there for 10 games, but there was a team party and he was told to show up later. And a guy who was still with the team, this is back in 2011, but a guy who's still with the team working in the organization. Uh, his name is, uh, he's the equipment manager, Tony uh, Denzer, I think, Daisner. Um, uh, he sh- this guy showed up, or sorry, Akeem showed up to the party. Tony was there dressed in blackface uh, with in- the hair included. Um, and there's no other way to say it. Um, and had a Colorado Eagles jersey on with Dreamer on the back. So he came dressed as Akeem Alou to the story. And took to a the picture party. with him. And yeah, that picture's... Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. You know what's interesting about this? So, um, the story goes on to say this. He joined Blackhawks affiliate uh, in the AHL in 2009 when Bill Peters was a coach. Then it goes into what happened with Bill Peters, which we all know. Yes. Um, in the offseason, the Blackhawks traded Alou to the NHL's uh, Atlanta Thrashers in what he felt would be a chance at a fresh start with a new organization. But a year later, it transformed into another moment of misfortune because the Thrashers moved to Winnipeg and the Jets happened to hire an executive from Chicago. Who was that? I don't know. Okay. I'm wondering, has Kevin Dayoff always been the general manager? Well, that was my first thought. I, I don't know. I can't remember. I The reason I figured... Um, um, that it had to be him was because I can't remember another guy um, being the GM. The only other guy I can think of who was Buddy, he was assistant GM of the Leafs for a while, Dudley, Rick Dudley. Mm-hmm. I know he was with the Thrashers for a while. I don't know. Hold on, I'm having a look. Sure. Blackhawks hired Shevel Dayoff as their assistant GM, worked under Stan Bowman. He was unveiled in 2011 as the new manager of the Winnipeg Jets, replacing Rick Dudley. So there's your guy. And Dudley and the most of the Atlanta Thrashers staff were let go. So wow. what happened was, so so he thinks it's going to be a new start with a new organization. And that's why they didn't name Shevel Dayoff in the report. That's why. Because normally, if, if Shevel Dayoff wasn't still with the Jets, I would think that they would have named him in the Wall Street uh, Journal report here. Wow. But they didn't name him. They said, 
And the wording is important here. But a year later, it transformed into another moment of misfortune unrelated to his race. The Thrashers moved and became the Jets. And the Jets happened to hire an executive from Chicago, the team that had just traded him away as their general manager. Alou's agent was then told that that same team who had just traded for him now didn't see a future with him. So, So what happened was this reputation, quote unquote, that had happened with under Bill Peters in Chicago, the general manager, because there's like 40 people who ever get to hold those jobs ever <laughs> living. Um, they just rotate. Yeah, yeah. Moves in and goes, well, I know that guy from Chicago and I don't want that guy. Yeah. So problem. He was demoted two levels to the ECHL, to the Eagles. This is where this incident that we are talking about happened. He was 22 years old and, um, and he requested a trade. Requested a trade. And now it's, uh, and they he requested said, a trade. What's next? He doesn't want to get into a washroom with a bunch of other naked guys? And they don't grant it to him. They didn't grant it to him. Right. So, well, I mean, lots of guys request trades that don't get traded, but uh, I think his reason was pretty legit. So, to get away from it, he went to Austria. Yeah. And, man, something about uh, Austria. I've heard some, like, nightmare stories about that league. Playing in Austria? Well... I think it's I think it's good once you get there, but like a lot of those lower leagues in Europe, like I'm not talking Sweden or Finland or any of those, but like I've I've heard stories of guys who had a contract, like they don't have a lot of money, they have a contract, they fly over there, when they land, they discover they no longer have a contract, and they got to find their own way home. Whoa. Yeah. So so, especially when you're like a legitimate prospect in an NHL organization, you're a second round draft pick. He was still only 22 at the time. You got to want out bad to go to the Austrian league. Mm-hmm. No offense to that league, but... Yeah, and you're playing in North America. You're not... Your goal isn't to go to Austria. Yeah, you go yeah. to a different continent when you don't have to, except, I don't know, if I'm him, I think I do. So, but he quickly had to turn around because he was finally dealt to Calgary, immediately promoted him to the AHL. By the end of the season, he was in the NHL playing his first two games. He scored two goals, added an assist. At the time, the Calgary Sun wrote, Akeem Alou is shaping up to be an intriguing prospect. The Flames don't have anyone quite like the 22-year-old. It never really took off for him from there with injuries and the lockout shortened year and that sort of thing. But um, for another story, like, that's funny, eh? The, like, I, did this Akeem Alou story come out? This, the, the part that Which I don't... One? This this one right here from Andrew Beaton in the Wall Street Journal. Oh, today. What I'm confused Eagles. about here is how did this come out? Well, I think a loop. Did he did he talk is that what happened? Well, I don't know. I mean the pictures, that's unreal. Yeah. Like you I have to I almost think that this picture was the was the catalyst and then they asked Akeem about it and they're like, Well, since you have the picture. Because Akeem Alou could have said this oh. when he made the Bill Peters accusations. He could have said, and by the way, he could have just tweeted it about him himself. Yeah. He doesn't need the he Wall could Street have Journal. Just, he could have just said that. Yeah. And apparently the Wall Street Journal reached out to the Colorado Eagles and this this particular equipment trainer for days and heard nothing. And in fact, the Colorado Eagles said they had no knowledge of the event. Therefore, we feel it would be premature to comment. Which is pretty tough considering it happened at the team Halloween party and everyone was there. It's just sad. It is sad. Yeah, dude. It's so sad to see that. It's in the look on his face in the picture. Oh, it's awful. And you know, I oh. still I still it's hear depressing. stuff about like, Alou is difficult. This guy's a piece of work. This guy's a pain in the ass. 
would you be friends with anyone on like at that party afterward? I, I think you would be pretty difficult if people invite you to a Halloween party where you're the only black person there and somebody comes out dressed in blackface and they tell you to show up late so that they can surprise you with a guy dressed in blackface with their jersey on and an afro uh, wig on. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I think you're going to be pretty difficult. Yeah. You're not going to... Yeah, you're going to give off an unfriendly vibe. <laughs> right? So, yeah, this guy's a pain well, in the it, ass. And, and it's funny because it's not like they gave him the friendly vibes to start. Yeah. Like, this so, is not... This is not... And, 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 and I think anybody that thinks along those lines would probably see somebody who took that and took that to heart as you would, as you normally would... As difficult. What do you mean? We're just kidding around. We're just joking. That doesn't mean anything. Well, it does. Yeah. And, and let, let's go through. Uh, so uh, he's 16 years old, won't go in the bathroom with a bunch of naked guys. And as a result, uh, gets beat up by his older team captain. Who's a first round draft pick. Who's a first yeah. round draft pick. That captain gets suspended. Then he is booed by the home fans mercilessly until he is traded. 20 years old, he's an AHL rookie, coach comes in and just... Blasts him. And then friggin' a couple years later, there's this Halloween party that happens. That's a six-year span and that's just the stuff we know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what, what hasn't he talked about? Yeah, what else of like, I hate to use the term microaggressions, but like what else happened in between the time? Those just like little things that are just kind of day to day. Yeah. Well, and, not, and none of this is micro. <laughs> right. Like, people make fun of the term. Uh, no, that's all. That's bludgeoning you over the head. No, especially this incident. It's a lot more stories, man. It's a lot more stories. It ain't good. So, apparently, at the press conference with Gary Bettman yesterday, one of the reporters asked, is anybody under investigation for the same thing that Bill Peters was? And what they should have asked was, is anybody else under investigation? Because Gary Bettman would have known about Jim Nill and Jim Montgomery. Well, he did. He did know, but he didn't mention it at that press conference because Such they a asked. Liar. They asked. Oh, I know. Was it about same thing as Bill Peters? I respect. And all they would have had to say was, "Is anybody else under investigation?" And Gary would have had to answer that question differently. Mm -hmm. I respect what Gary Bettman does, and I know he has a tough gig. I just don't want to ever hear him talk. <laughs> I just yeah. I got no. Interest. I get that. But you know yeah. what I what I do like is, you know, the, the new programs that they've announced where they're putting coaches through every year training for this. Um, you know, it's a start. Um, there's some other things that were announced by the NHL, but one of the major things is, you know, uh, uh, I, I hate to, I ha hesitate to call it sensitivity because I don't think it's that. Um, but it's an education on things that you got to remember. You know, these are not, People in pro sports are not living normal lives. And there was a guy that worked at Sportsnet uh, who turned out to be also a gigantic jerk. Um, hey. Uh, that, no, 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 but but he was fired for it. Yeah. Uh, but basically, somebody, you told me this story, and you told this story on the podcast, and it was essentially that somebody was saying, yeah, most professional athletes are idiots and assholes or something like no, that. No, was was something... a friend of mine was just having a conversation with someone else in the studio and was just like, you know, well, uh, and this, I did not work at Sportsnet at the time. This I don't was a actually think that most professional athletes are idiots and assholes. No, 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 no. That. It was they're no. not well-adjusted people. Fair. Because, I mean, you're basically abducted from the time that you're 16 or 17 or whatever, and yeah. then you go to school and blah, 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 blah. 
And then they turn around, and there's a former professional athlete standing behind them. And he was just like, uh-oh. And the guy goes, no, you're right. <laughs> and then that guy ended up getting fired. For terrible things as well. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about the athletes a lot. Coaches and general managers? I mean, at least athletes have time off. Coaches and <laughs> yeah. GMs never stop. Yeah. And so you have to imagine it's that, and they get paid less. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get paid a lot, but they get paid less than the athletes do on the whole. But that's a 24-7, 365 job. When do you get it? I was thinking about it this summer. When does Kyle Dubas get to take a, a week off with his two young kids and his wife? Never. Never. That's why I think, like, nothing happens. There's, like, a special two- or three-week period in August where I think they all text each other, like, okay, Please fuck off. Armistice? Armistice. Truce? Yeah. Truce. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Bye. Otherwise, we're all going to explode. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the that's the part that that I think... It's nice to see that at least being acknowledged is that that the coaches are not any more well adjusted than the players in most cases, and no, that doesn't mean they're bad. They go from this ridiculous playing career immediately into coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I liked what uh, Elliot also wrote about Kim Davis, who yeah. was hired two years ago as the executive vice president of social impact growth Inif- initiatives and legislative affairs. <laughs> And I like what she had to say. She was saying how um, how when you get attention on an issue, it causes change. So she was saying how it's it's positive that these things are coming to light because the attention will draw people to it, and you need that for change to happen. If it's just mm-hmm. something that nobody cares about, then nothing's going to get done. So at least we these things will come to light, and things will happen. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I was, I'm just still shocked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the photo. Yeah, but yeah. And like, I don't like. I don't know. Let's have the uncomfortable conversation. There was a time where I was like, I don't understand the big deal, and I didn't. And I had to have some people kick my ass. It's called right. a growth. Into, exactly. Yeah, mentally kick. My and ass. hopefully, more people when they see these things are like, oh, yeah. I get it now. Yeah. But look then, at the look at the timeline of his of his career. Yeah. The six years you described. Yeah. And there were a couple people I know who have. Gone in costume, and I had to be like, uh, man, what the fuck? <laughs> mm-hmm. Afterwards, and one of them just straight up didn't get it. Um, but, right, it's all, I don't know, the, the CBC, not CBC, Jesus, Sportsnet, uh, Hockey Night, they called it the the conversation mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and I guess it's, in, it's very important that we're having it. I just, fuck, I just, I don't want to hear... I don't want to hear any more Halu stories just because I feel terrible. Yeah. I feel fucking terrible for this guy. Like, I just... Don't I don't want hope... any more of it to be true. You right. know what like, I mean? Don't you it's, hope it's, so it's done? Like, yeah. it's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, well, you hope none of this happens to anyone. Yeah, But exactly. it's not. It's not even. It's not even like a hockey problem. It's a societal problem. Yeah. There's racism in society. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the, the, the part for me that that I'm going to ask... And I'm going to ask you if you listen to this show, um, if you've seen stuff in the last few weeks that you disagree with, a lot of people disagreed with us on Don Cherry. Very few people disagreed with the Bill Peters stuff because there's nothing to disagree with. Uh, and I, I would imagine <laughs> yeah. that this this would be pretty much the same. There there was too much devil's advocate shit going on with Bill oh, Peters. Oh, fuck off but, with that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. 
there's no devil's advocate. And he even was wrong. Even today, there were a couple tweets that I had to field, and I was like, "There's pictures." So the, <laughs> also, also the people who were on the side of firing Bill Peters, who were also upset because he wasn't fired quick enough, like you, you're also not helping. No, well, yes, <laughs> that devalues the argument. You're not helping the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. it, it waters it down. It makes this. It makes that side, which is the right side, look silly. Right. It's going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. Let them do the due process and work with the lawyers. Mm-hmm. Due process takes longer than you want it to. Due process is longer than 280 characters tweet. Yeah. It is. It's like the when you have the, the NHL video game reaction to trading players. It's like, no, it, in, I get it. In be a GM mode, you can just go and swap guys all the time. But in real life, these are people and they don't just get traded like that. Yeah. No. It's like, no, you can't just fire this guy because he needs to be fired. It's due process. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, like, think of how old that guy is and like everything he's done. And he did a press conference where he was on the verge of tears. And I th- I think, uh, what what could drive a man like that to tears? And to me, what I thought it was is not being able to say what he wanted badly to say. There was too much he couldn't say. Right. And I think that coupled with the probably the frustration of reading the Bill Peters statement, which yeah. Akeem Alou rightly called misleading, and uh, I believe the other word was just basically that it didn't have any meaning. And so many people just so easily willing to go, well, he apologized. The, the guy who brought this all to light said, no, he did not. Yeah. So here's what I wanted to get to is what I will ask you is if, and I doubt this is going to challenge anyone's view unless you're like an ardent I think racist. I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't, which, by the way, if you are an ardent racist, I'm not really sure why you're listening to our show anyway. There are plenty of outlets for you and all of them suck. Uh, but... Uh, um, if, if, if any of this stuff challenges your views, instead of getting defensive about it, and shit tweeting people. Take a second. There's a term. And try to understand a perspective. There's a reason that people are so opinionated and passionate about this side and about this stuff specifically. And I understand with the Jess Allen reaction uh, from the social, everybody remembers that. Mm. I understand with, um, like, I understand some some people, you know, Jess Allen became the anti-Don Chariots. I'm mad about Don being fired so I can go after Jess. Well, you know, they're of equal power. You know, oh, right. Biggest exactly. personality in Canadian media versus person you didn't hear about until last week. Right. You know, um, they, they are the same. Instead of instead of shit tweeting people about this stuff, and there are varying degrees here, Don Cherry, Mike Babcock, different from Bill Peters at Kimalu, right? Can we all, can, they're all different stories. They're all completely different. They all just happen at the same time. Right. But they are all different stories. My point in all of this is if any of this stuff that's all happened in the last month challenged your views, take a listen to the other side as to why. Mm-hmm. And don't listen with the, yeah, see, I'm going to wait for you to be wrong here. Because nobody, nobody is able to actually give you a perfect argument on anything most of the time. Very few people are so good at arguing, especially on Twitter or, or on Reddit or whatever it is you look you look at, that, that they're going to deliver a perfect argument and you're going to go, well, I'm convinced. But if there's a chance that you could at least understand the other side, you don't have to necessarily agree. Although if you're in Akima Lu's case, come on. Uh, <laughs> like, like I don't even, I'm, there's no other side to it. Um, I think that it would be, the world would be a lot better place. And I'm not thinking that we're going to change anything with the internet, but I would just ask 
if you're a listener to this show regularly, just take a step back and ask why people would feel that way about that. The other that challenges your viewpoint on this stuff. I'm, I think it's important. I'm caught. I'm caught between uh, optimism and hope for the future. Yeah. And we have this conversation every goddamn week. And you're either right. <laughs> you're either on board or you're not. Yeah. And even even if like in the Alu story, if you if you're in that party in 2011, someone besides him needs to stand up. And say that that's not right. Yeah. There's a room full of people. There was that... at least one guy who's currently in the NHL. Really? Is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. He's probably going to get asked about it. Wow. It's yep. just like that, for that to happen, that just goes through so many steps of this surprise coming to fruition. And at some point along the lines, I would have liked to see someone step in there and talk to people and explain how this isn't right. And like, if if you see these things going on, speak up. Because well, a, a lot of yeah. the times, the people who are the victims don't have the courage to because they're being that. victimized. Akeem talks about that, where he's like, he was so shocked that he, it wasn't until he called his brother after the party and said, hey, man, here's what happened. And then yeah. his brother was like, what? Devontae Smith-Pelly said, uh, I think it was last year or two years ago, he goes, it's lonely. Oh. Yeah. You know? Fuck. That's a good way to describe it. Right? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um so we, we, we would have been remiss if we didn't bring that up. One last thing that we should bring up, uh, which has – this is going to be a hard right turn, but this is what it is. Um, we're coming up on the date where Ilya Kovalchuk's last bonus is being paid out. So for his oh, contract. Oh, right. I forgot about that so angle. you could see – Look at us. We're best friends. We're doing the same body language. Right? Yeah. You Sorry. could see <laughs> maybe a mutual termination after that. Re- and then he would be a free agent. Yeah. Wow. Maybe. But isn't that interesting? You that could also, really you, he also might be more tradable after that bonus is paid because a, t- a cap floor team could take him, I guess. But oh. I doubt that, that the Kings are even tr- trying to trade him. I'm sure they're probably like, yeah, we exhausted that. I'd say it ain't happening. But you look at a team like Boston and think, couldn't they use a cannon who only played on the power play and they just threw him in? Yeah, David Pasternak. <laughs> he should be playing. He should be pulling the OV and just standing at the blue line and playing all 120 seconds of the power. But do you play? not think Ilya Kovalchuk? It, just bring him in. Like you know how they have penalty kill specialists who play like five minutes a game. Ilya Kovalchuk's perfect fourth line guy who can just rip a cannon on the power play. He could help a team. How much uh, cap room does the Colorado Avalanche have? Oh Jesus! Because I wonder no. if he could be, dude. Imagine they get Hall and Kovalchuk. For free. Current well, cap space, 9.4 mil. They can absolutely Projected cap space, 5.8. Deadline cap space, 27. 27 million? Yeah. Deadline cap space. That's deadline, yeah. right? So yeah. it's, but it's wonky, but yeah. Dude, dude. They could easily do that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh my God! They're gonna win the cup. You know that, right? You think so? They could win the cup. I think if they Pavel do the Francis Hall, will be the guy they win the. I cup was with. literally <laughs> we are best friends. <laughs> I was literally about to say if they get Hall and Kovalchuk, they could win it with Francis. <laughs> oh, I just think they will because Francis is here to haunt our dreams. I think. Anyway. Oh my God! He's gonna win the Conn Smith. <sighs> All right, let's do the press conference. Press conference. 
Um, my, my press conference will be brief because we have places to be and it is late and I'm mm-hmm. sick. Yeah, um, poor Jesse's sick, by the way. Uh, uh, Send your condolences to Jesse. Don't pour me. Exactly. So don't pour me. Rich Jesse's don't. sick. Yeah. Yeah. Rich him. Take that. Um, I just want to uh, rest in peace to an important part of my life that that uh, has been passed away for a little bit now. Oh, no. Uh, the site called deadspin.com. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the fun stories from this show have come from Deadspin. A lot of the fun sports things that uh, have been talked about on the show for the past... How long have we gone? We're at, like, what, like 600 episodes? Something yep. ridiculous? Yep. Something ridiculous. <gasps> Six years? Really? Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. yeah, we're about 100 a year. A lot of... Close in, we, we're, by the end of the season, we'll close in on 700, I would think. We have uploaded 601 tracks to SoundCloud. Really? So, oh. but that includes some best ofs. There's and one some... 30 second one from when Canada won in 2014. Oh, <laughs> there's another really? one. <laughs> there's another one where I just uploaded the intro, just in case anybody wanted that as a ringtone. <laughs> so we're we're nearing 600 episodes, and a lot of those 600 episodes were filled by Deadspin. Yes, they were. Mm. And they were told their writers were told to stick to sports by their new bosses, and they all quit. Which is <laughs> awesome. Yeah, which is very awesome, but also very sad for the internet. Sad, brave. There's a lot of things. There hasn't been a new post since. November 4th. Yeah, that's around when it happened, yeah. Or that's exactly what happened then. Here's my uh, little prediction there. Whatever they replace it with is going to suck. Yeah, I think it's nothing. I think it's just done. You know, it's funny because things are a time and a place. And especially with writing, with team things, like writing, like speaking in a show, um, you can try to replicate it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's just that magic group of people and that's it. Um, And it's a shame... Because they're 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 a bit caustic, right? They were always a bit caustic, but that was their, their, thing. their sarcasm was so funny sometimes, and so oh. witty, and so well written. Um, and it's a shame that it, it that it ended this way. And I I don't pretend to know everything about the situation on the you know on the media end. Um, I read about it and I forgot. But yeah, because it's it's very complicated. Yeah. But to sue to to buy a brand. And say, okay, you can't be that brand anymore. That's like that's like yeah. buying Nike and being like, you know what, guys, can we chill on the t-shirts? Let's just stick yeah. to running shoes. Like, you know, uh, it's like telling them not do the shoes. Well, no, but the shoes yeah. politics was not what Deadspin did. Right, they did some politics. Right, but the shoes were the sports. The t-shirts, which were also great, oh. was the politics. Oh, you're smarter than I am. So that's why I made that. But yeah. you know what and I'm the saying? company that came in told them, you guys gotta only do sports stuff, and they were like, no. We've mm-hmm. built a brand on yeah. being whatever we want. And then so they why, started writing stories about so like, what I don't understand then, is why buy it? Exactly. Exactly. Like why buy that? That's dumb. You knew what you were getting when you bought Deadspin. Yeah. It's the site that it is. Yeah. So shout out uh, I think his name was Timothy Burke. He was like the uh the editor in chief over there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Did a phenomenal yeah. job over, over a lot of years and it's a shame. Um I miss it. Because mm-hmm. Deadspin, Jesse and I used to just trade dead, Deadspin headlines. Uh, yeah, we just send links back and forth. Yeah. There, oh, such a great site. I think I, I I criticize them a few times just for being a little too. Ooh, they could be high and mighty. Yeah, they, they were they a bit high, high and mighty. mighty. They, I mean, Barstool goes after them or went after them for that all the time. Yeah, and, and Portnoy yeah. danced on their grave that day. Yeah, which they, is what he does. Yeah, that's his thing. <laughs> but but you know, it's a it is a shame. It is a loss, and uh, it's a. It was a voice that was important, mm-hmm. and it brought a lot of balance. Mm-hmm. And that's the sh- that's the part that sucks is that it was an intellectual look at sports, and a social look at sports that we don't get from a lot of places like 
Um, you don't get it much from ESPN. You don't get it as much from the major network guys because they don't want to piss off the guys that they're partnered with. Too many of those brands, the ESPNs, are in bed with the the leagues because right. they have TV contracts to uphold. And I can understand why they, for a business case, why they like you know why um, you know that why ESPN's a little bit cagey about you know uh, offending the NFL or offending the NBA. I get it, but at the same time, you do need those voices. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't expect every voice to come from one network. That's why we need multiple voices. I hope that these guys are able to find, and I think today a bunch of guys from Yahoo Canada uh, were also laid off. Yep. Which and I don't know if it's Yahoo because they keep building something over there, and it keeps starting to look really, really good. And then they cut. It's like more rounds of cuts, and I don't understand. Oh, I didn't. I missed that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's a bunch of editors and stuff like go, and they they're building. Their sites look good. Their social media is good. Like they seemed like they were really stuff. Yeah, they do, and it, and it it seemed like it was really on a roll, and I was really impressed with their, a lot of their video content. Their st- mm-hmm. studios look awesome. Dmitry Filipovich is over there. Yep. Um, I I just I it's a shame because, um, you know, in a lot of cases, people are like, you know, local news is dying, local sports die, whatever. A lot of cases, these companies are making profits anyway, but you cut because in the in the end, there's a shareholder benefit to that to saving some money, and so you devalue your own product to make money this year, but 10 years from now, what does that look like? And that's the hard part. That's the tough part. So I hope sincerely that those writers all come back together somewhere because that was a good team. It was. And it was a great perspective and they really found a niche. So hopefully they can find some sort of way to... I I gave someone some career advice today because like, God, applying for jobs, especially in Canadian sports, I don't know how it is in American sports, I assume it's also shitty. like, applying for jobs can seem so fruitless and so hopeless. Uh, you are in two businesses now. You're in content creation and sales. Mm-hmm. Like, we... We're in sales. Oh, yeah. By we, Adam's I mean Adam. <laughs> Adam. Everybody has their own phone Everybody. call. Yeah. Adam. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my God, we need money. Adam. Um, you do that. So if, if you got to sell I haven't yourself. solved the needing money problem yet. <laughs> I haven't solved the, the money thing yet, quite yet. But. Adam. Adam. No. But you'll sure you'll figure it out. Adam. It well, some, one of us has to solve it. Who's it going to be? Adam. <laughs> so uh, We have departments here, and there's a lot of one-man departments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in sales. you got to sell yourself, uh, but without selling your soul. So I think you're in two fields. You're in content creation. you got to make good shit. If you don't, it doesn't matter if you're good at sales. Then you got to be good at sales. you got to know who to call, how to pitch them, and all that. And then uh, sprinkled in the middle, I think, uh, secret ingredient is your integrity. Yeah. Yeah. You can't sell out your content. Right. Right. So uh, shout out to Deadspin and shout out to you. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we'll be back Sunday. And uh, just to to give you a heads up for the holiday schedule, because I'm going to be in Florida. Yeah, let me take notes. Florida. Um, Now, next week, we're going to have two shows again. uh, And then we're going to take about 10 days off. Uh, so it's going to be next week. We're going to have Wednesday and Friday. So that's the 18th and the 20th. We will come out with shows. We're trying to book Chris Johnson, as you said before that, but it's going to be tough. It's looking doubtful. Maybe 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Sometime in 2020. Yeah. We'll Maybe see. July 2020. We'll Who knows? See. The Leafs are on the road so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm going to be back on the 3rd, which is a Friday, mm-hmm. which means that on the 5th, we'll be able to do a show. Back to a regular schedule on yeah. the 5th. Yeah. We, we do have a guest for the 18th. Yeah, you want to announce, you want to announce it? Uh, this is a big one. This we, is interesting. We've talked about him for a while. It'll have to be a phoner, unfortunately. But Mark Spector. 
Mark Flippin' Spector. Yeah, she's got a new book. It's about the World Juniors, so we'll give you a little warm-up for that. And also, maybe a little shit talking the Oilers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is going to be fun. I want to know, I want to, there's a few questions I have for Mark. Because Mark is one of the most bombastic guys in sports, in Canadian sports anyway. Yeah. Uh, I have a few questions from Mark about perceptions about you in Western Canada. I want to know, and perceptions oh, about Toronto. Oh, that's good. I want to know. Yeah, yeah. I want to know, because Mark knows, like, he, you didn't know that Mark knew who you were, and then he, like, called you out at a game. Oh, he was like, hey, Dangle. I was like, I thought you hated me. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Neat. I think if Mark took everything personally, Mark would hate a lot of people, right? He yeah. gets a lot of shit thrown mm. his way so this will be very this is gonna be a fun interview i'm really excited for this one i'm salivating ready to go i think yeah a couple of you might have groaned and i think you'll end up enjoying it oh i i uh, think you'll love this yeah. i think you'll have a blast you know what people groan before we had kipper on man one of the best we've had still phenomenal top five all time yep. phenomenal yeah. top three i put a top three, top three. the china Club. the other two were chris johnson <laughs> <laughs> honestly <laughs> yeah. seriously yeah, the yeah. bombs he drops sometimes you're like oh anyway oh, um, he's he's fired up yeah oh I is he i i can't wait to oh have gosh i, love, I can't wait to have man him. we had okay so just one more thing all right ah, the last chris johnson episode we had in july last this this past year was it July? Was it July or June? I think I feel I feel like it was closer to the season. Uh, April. It was the locker cleanout. Oh, that's oh, really? what it was. Yeah. Oh, so oh, okay. that was such an explosive episode, and Chris came in after the end of the season exhausted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to know what fired up Chris Johnson is because that was end of season, absolutely exhausted, and. He even texted us afterwards and was like, I was not expecting the reaction that we just got to all of that. (laughs) I'm so excited. This isn't me playing coy like he's told me stuff and I know it. He's like, I want to come in your show. Ah! And he hasn't told me. And I'm just like, what? And so like I'm working. Uh, I want him to get on. Here's what else you need to know is Chris Johns is one of the best people any of us have ever met. So I just like being in the room with him too. Yeah. Oh, all right. So we got an exciting end of the year. We got an exciting 2020 ahead. Thank you so much for watching and listening and however it is you consume us. Uh, maybe it's in Russian with... Uh, orally. Because, orally, because sometimes they have... Uh, sometimes what? people do subtitles <laughs> in different languages. Sometimes you eat us. Yeah. Um, oh, one more thing. No, there's no one more No, one more thing. thing. Okay, no, we'll kidding. see you next episode. That'll be no, Sunday. No, one Bye. more thing. Let's yeah. guess. <laughs>